You're about to witness a seismic event. Talk brunch where the geeks are all baby faces. Now, let the party begin. Live, start the countdown. Three, two, one. Lasers. What's up, fellow brunchers? Welcome to Talk Brunch Live. October 21st, 2019. I'm your host, Lord Rick Dyer, a.k.a. Captain Brunch, and listening to episode 347. Co-piloting the brunch ship with me, as always, is Mr. Destin Frazier. So we got a big surprise for y'all, but what we go do is we go wait till after the show is over to tell you. <laughs> oh, God help us! In the Is seat over. Work? <laughs> In the seat over, we got Mr. Sugar Shane. I am the enforcer. I will launch the ship. Oh, hello there, Mr. Enforcer. <laughs> I was almost hoping you had like a system of a down sugar for him, but yes. So- so tonight we're going to be talking about how terrible WWE 2K20 has actually turned out to be. WWE's failed attempt at buying a famous Japanese promotion, the firing of Eric Bischoff, uh, all kinds of crazy stuff. Kenny Omega winning titles outside of AEW, NXT stars being featured more often on 205 Live, tattoos, Renee Young roasting people. Kane Velasquez, of course, and all kinds of things happening there. So stay tuned for that. That being said, shout out to our wonderful charm who's been with us the entire night with Willie V2, Stasis Dream, Six Slayer, aka AC, Emang, aka EB Gamer, Kula Ice, Joe Woko, and all of those currently listening to the live broadcast over at talkbrunch.com. And of course, the rest of you listening on demands at iTunes, Stitcher, and all of the other popular podcatcher apps. We're still available on every major digital audio provider, SoundCloud. Uh, you could look at talkbrunch.com, and our links are all there. Tune in, all that jazz. And also to say on your Alexa devices, uh, play the Talk Brunch podcast. I still get giddy about that. You know how much heat we go start getting because people are like, you keep turning my goddamn Alexa on. Well, you see, I said it, I said it strategically this time. I didn't direct the commands, so I think that everything's going to be okay. You know, because we're actually canceling our own shit when we do that. Take them back to an older episode if, if, if it actually picks up on their uh, stuff. But I don't think anybody's blasting this. You know, oh, like, I don't not. think anybody's like, you know, doing their freaking weekend cleaning and blasting talk brunch in their living room while vacuuming and shit. You know what I mean? Like, how are you turning on your Alexas with this? Freaking P90X on 1153 on a Monday night. Yeah. So, I mean, let's just get right to it. Honestly, WW2K20 is pretty shitty. Like it's yeah, a, from what we've seen of the early releases and everything so far. No, we've seen final stuff. We've seen early releases. We've seen final stuff. Cool Ice, thank you for the host and reminding me to turn on the alerts for that kind of stuff. But yeah, we've seen... uh oh. We've seen a complete version of it. We've seen a lot of videos. I'm sure a lot of you guys did too. There's not really many good reviews. And I mean, you don't need reviews. It looks bad. Visually, it looks bad. You can see that the collision detection is off on the game. The hair physics is all fucked up. If we look at Bianca Belair's, uh, our hair physics is, is hilarious. The game itself 
is a nightmare. And I, I think for the first time, probably, I don't know, maybe even in my entire life, I don't think I'm picking it up. I think it's tonight, the midnight launch. Yeah, the day one patch goes live in six minutes. Ah, you see, I think for the first time ever, I'm not picking this game up. That's how bad it is. And I know a lot of other content creators, they're trying to make it seem like they're taking one for the team. Like I've heard a lot of other people say, well, I, I'm going to do it because I want to create content for you guys. And I don't want to stop making content for you guys. Listen, anyone who's been here a long time knows no matter what, we're all about making content. We're ride or die. That doesn't mean I want to make you guys shitty content just because it's out there. I'm going to go by our principles a little bit. This community is supposed to be about that kind of stuff, not just going with the majority already and saying all right because we're all doing it and everyone's gonna do it like yeah logic dictates if anyone's uh seen our wwe 2k launches it's when we get the most amount of followers in the entire year really because most people come into the chat room to check out the game but i'd be selling out and i'm not a sellout this whole thing's never been about selling out i can't just promote a game that's bad that i know it's bad to people who actually are influenced by us you know, I know there are people who didn't know about The Walking Dead or about Marvel Cinematic Universe. They were just into wrestling or vice versa that uh, they they sort of segued into that stuff by listening to us. I can't use influence to promote something shitty and for people to spend their hard earned money on something that sucks. And by me streaming it on here uh, and just enjoying it, which we would be making fun of it more than anything. I think it would be a bit, a bit of selling out because I'm doing it to try to get follows and, and, and more notoriety when I really don't need that. Yeah, you don't want to get follows like that. If anything, we try to do things differently here from everywhere else. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like the whole point of this show and the way the production keeps changing is because we don't want to do what everyone else is doing. Everyone else is starting to look like blueprints of one another. And if everyone's attitude is going to be, well, we're going to take one for the team and play this shitty game because we're content creators, I'm going to go in the complete opposite direction. I say we're going to ignore the shitty game and create better content. How about that? I've never heard of that being the choice of doing things. So, I mean, you know, that's just my philosophical view on how we're going to handle this. Rest assured, the game looks like shit. If you trust me and you like my tasting game and stuff, take my word for it. Uh, it would take a miracle. I don't care about any day one patch. It would take a miracle. There's no patching that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, it, they're not going to have a day one patch that's going to recode this game into a functioning game. They were barely able to recode the ones that were already more functional than this. And that was coming from Ukes, a company that's been doing this going back a decade, if not more. And they always had difficulty where sometimes these games would get patched bi-weekly because they weren't able to control their own code in a lot of ways. Now you flash forward to this new rookie company that's inherited this franchise. They don't know what they're doing. They were barely even able to code in the, the creative championship mode. And we're suddenly Jeez. supposed to believe that uh no worries we're gonna patch the game from to to a non-shitty version if they could have done that don't you think they would have done it by then what do you think they were just waiting for the sweet touch you know like they just wanted they they wanted to make a dramatic last entrance yeah i'm sorry in development have you heard of a patch turning something 100 percent around from being bad oh no i'm not saying anything like 100 percent. oh hell no that's not there's no way in the world that'd be impossible and I hate to bury the game, but just from what I've seen of it, I can't in good faith tell people, hey, go play WWE 2K20. And this isn't like it's new just because they've changed developers. This has been an ongoing thing with them from the beginning of time. They have one good game, one bad game, one good game, one bad game. And honestly, with the good ones, I use that term loosely. Sometimes they were just good because they weren't as bad as the bad. But this goes back a long time with them. It's just that I think people have all reached their, their limits and their thresholds when it comes to that. And for anyone that doesn't know what happened, the company that makes the game, Ukes, they kind of left. 
They said, hey, we're not making these games anymore. And that left, uh, that left 2K in a very compromising situation. They had to just get all the developers to make the game. So they decided that the best course of action will be for them to build the game code from scratch. That way, they're thinking about the future. This is a game that they created from scratch. So when it's time to do another one, they can update it. They can fix it. They're familiarized with the infrastructure, if you will, of this game enough that they can continue to support it for years to come. As opposed to building on the previous incarnation of the game, which it does make more sense to do. But if you're thinking in the long term, what they did was smart. That being said, though, since this is a new game, when you really look at it, that's inspired by an older game, there's a lot of work to be done. There's a lot of things that they didn't know, little tricks that that are that Ukes knew that they don't. Maybe about just the angling, collision detection, hitboxes. You got to think about things like that whenever a game involves strikes. That goes with Street Fighter tech and anything. There are two things that are very important, more important than graphics or, or anything. And, and that's the frame rate. Well, actually, three things. The frame rate, the collision detections, and the hitboxes. Because the frame rate, obviously, a lot of people who are pros, what they're doing is as the characters are moving, they're counting frames. That's how they know exactly when to hit you. The collision detection, that's self-explanatory in the name itself. It makes sure that when you hit someone, that the collision is right at the point that it's supposed to be. The hitboxes is what determines with characters that are short, tall, fat, whatever, uh, where they're vulnerable to a strike. If you throw a particular punch, what's the range between your fist and this person? Is it fair? Things of that nature. So, I mean, imagine on wrestling, because this is what you have to think about in a 2D game. Tekken's 3D in the sense that you can strafe around each other, but really the combat is from left to right. Now, imagine on a WWE game, you got all these different directions, eight directions you can go in. And uh, all these different other possibilities. You have to think about the collision detection and hitboxes and all of that in every scenario. And Ukes had years to do that. These guys did it in a few months and made this game that doesn't look good. In the future, maybe it'll look good. You know, maybe next 2K21. By then, they, they, they've mastered the code. They had a year to, they had a year to do this. Things in technology in general is complicated. I remember when I used to think that just doing this that we're doing right now was the most fucking complicated thing in the world. Like in the first few episodes, it felt like damn near sorcery, you know? <laughs> and it was like, just, it felt overwhelming. And it's like, nah, I don't even really fucking think <laughs> about it. You know? That was fantastic. You know, like when well, nah, I don't really think about it, I'm just like, I drink in my lemonade. I'm just relaxing. I'm half watching what we're doing and looking at, you know, it's like way more of a Zen thing when you get used to things, you know? And Ukes was at that Zen. They were at that where they could eat chips ahoy and make WWE games. These guys are not. You know, so I just think that even if they're going to do a game like this, there should have been a few options here, which obviously they can't take because they're the developer and not the publisher. But 2K maybe should have not charged $90 for the deluxe edition. There should have been some humility in the price of this to give people an open mind as to why they're going to buy this. They didn't do that. The other alternative would have been instead to just hold out for a year. Just not just do an update. Just do some sort of a, a big update for the, this last game or whatever. But, yeah, but instead they 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 literally just decided, well, we're just going to release this as it is and hope that people just buy it basically on name brand recognition. They're literally following the philosophy of the company itself, where it's like, well, just because it's WWE, we're going to give you what we're going to give you, and that's going to be it. And it's like that's okay for nine ninety nine a month, but now you're talking ninety dollars, and it's not like you did a great job last year for it to be $90. And then the funny part about it is I have no issue with that either, you know? Like, you guys have seen on here, we've bought in games, like, we bought the last UFC game, or the one before last, who the hell knows, for our anniversary episode. That was the special. At the end of the episode, we went on to play that as a post-show. And uh, we played it once. It was like a $90 deluxe edition with all the bells and whistles. We played it, we launched it. I never saw that shit again. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? So it's not even about that. And we're a WWE channel. So without hesitation right now, we could just hit the button and grab the game. But would you really want that? Like we can come on here and have fun and joke about wrestling or we could put on a shitty game that wasn't as good as the shitty game we played last year. <laughs> you know, it's just, I'm sorry, but that's, that's not going to happen. And who knows? Maybe if it goes on sale on Black Friday, which is what I recommend a lot of you guys do that still want to play the game. When it goes on sale on Black Friday and it drops and trust me, this shit is going to drop. When oh, it yeah. when it when it drops, grab it. The two K you know? games always drop really hard on Black Friday. So. And this one's gonna drop harder than any of them. And and in order to do that though, you can't go spending ninety dollars because if they see it sustainable at ninety dollars, they're gonna call of duty you. Everybody buys Call of Duty, so when you see it go on sale, it'll be like Call of Duty, eighty percent off, now only seventy four ninety nine. You know, because Call of Duty doesn't fuck around. They have crazy prices because people will pay it. So Call of Duty on sale, best case scenario, is like WWE Deluxe Edition now. Because Call of, of Duty's gone up to like a buck fifty before, right? Oh, dude, I, th- I think um, is it the Dark Edition? There's a version that comes with Night Vision goggles. I think that one's like two hundred. See what I mean? Call yeah. of Duty comes out at console prices, so when they go on sale, it's just as cheap as the Deluxe Editions of most games. Because everyone buys it, so they could do whatever, and everyone's gonna buy them. They're like the iPhone of video game. Like that is the game that people are gonna play and spend the most money on, no matter what happens. WWE is not in that category. You know. Now I gotta ask. I gotta ask something. Is this game available for Switch? <laughs> nope. No, no, they did not make that mistake again after eighteen. Because, uh, yeah. <laughs> this one they could probably run on the Switch. The last one I know was choking and it was too slow and the hardware couldn't do it. And I felt bad because Nintendo's not about all that. You know, they want to make Mario games. But, uh, this one I think they could run okay. Like, I think I mean, I couldn't, I could imagine them being, I mean, as I a mean, matter of fact, if it comes out like hell on that thing. So I doubt it. I mean, if I, I would even say when, if it comes off a of PC, I'm not sure if it is, but you could probably just run it on whatever you're listening to this on with the way that shit looks. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like. I saw some really horrific graphics and there were cool looking things about it. I don't want to bash the whole game, but the cool looking things are so far and few between that they're almost not even worth mentioning. And I don't care about those zombie characters that they gave us. Why would I give a fuck about that? That's strange. Like, so you, you gave us zombie characters. I don't give a shit. My whole thing is, is, uh, I guess you can look at it as the YouTuber approach for the game, but not even that. Like, I mean, if you're just, a casual, you, you just play that game casually. I think you could see some value in that, but other than that, I mean, no, I, I don't know too many people that want that besides YouTube people. So. Yeah, no one wants to play this for joy. Everyone's playing it out of a sense of obligation. How fucked up is that? And you, you should have a strong enough community that does not there to see you play a shitty game. I would hope not. It's strange the logic of communities nowadays. Like, oh, you know, I don't want my people to abandon me because I wouldn't play a game that we all consciously knew was shitty the entire time. That being said, we will be on that Call of Duty launch this Thursday. I'll gladly do that. And if you guys want, you can all vote or something for another game for us to buy and stream that's not the 2K20. uh 20. Something, you know, up to the price. What was it, 90 bucks? It was a $90 game. If you can think of something that doesn't have to be that price, don't try to just screw me for the hell of it. But if you could think of something within that price range, 0 to 90, that's the replacement WWE game that we don't already have in our library, and you want us to stream that and that, then call it out. I honestly can't even think of anything. That's why I didn't come up with a replacement. To me, the replacement is the Call of Duty, which uh, we don't, we're not all in on Call of Duty every year, but this year looks good enough. 
Like nothing. The sad part is like nothing's gonna top Call of Duty. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah. So um, this is the Sinkara intro that uh that Willie V two is talking about. <laughs> this caught me off guard, man. I felt bad because when I was putting together the program, I got up to this video when Sinkara was coming out tonight on Raw, so it threw me off because I'm hearing this, and then I look up and saw him, and I was like, oh, double the Sinkara. But this is I don't know if WWE just likes trolling. Or to the like, they'll even troll you if they don't like you. I guess they'll troll you in the game or whatever. But look what they did to his intro. This is legit, by the way. This isn't modded. I swear to you, this is the real thing. It's DLC looks amazing. Yeah, what do you even? What do you even say to that, man? I guess that's in career mode. Is there gonna? There better be a great storyline. I mean, it can't really even be a good storyline explanation for something like that. That's messed up. No, that's no. That's no career mode stuff. They literally just give that little of a fuck about Sankara. No. It's just incredible. They never acknowledge the trampoline in actual WWE, and they just put that shit right on screen. And then Michael Cole. You hear Michael Cole, he goes, his trampoline exploded. What they meant for that to happen. Oh, God. You know, so there's your, there's your WWE 2K game. That's probably the best part of it right there. You know, for anyone listening on demand, we're going to put that on our social media right now. If you ever notice, I know I've got asked this about from iTunes listeners. If you ever notice there's pauses, it's because I keep in mind I'm doing the chat room, the tweeting, going through the program, the links and putting it on the screen at the same time. It's not like a fucking team here. You know, that's literally at a control team like Vince has. There's no gorilla position. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, so sometimes it's I like pause just to, live, no gorilla position. Yeah, sometimes I pause just to queue up the next video. I got to grab that link that you see that appears in the chat room. So make sure that everybody has it on social media. So the tweet's out there now. But yeah, the trampoline exploding. I don't know what's going on. And I like Hunico. If anyone ever actually paid attention to Hunico, yeah, maybe Mystico had problems, which he was in Ring of Honor for a while. I saw him on a few weekly episodes a couple months back. But uh Hunico, even when they gave him that that shitty biker gimmick, like if you look at the wrestling that he did, he he was always really solid. And yeah, he, he was always been incredible. He was the better Sincaro. When he was Sincaro Negro, he was the better Sincaro there. I agree. You know, and uh even when he became Sincaro here, it's it's almost like that gimmick is cursed though, because I feel like it nerfed him. Like once he became Sincaro here, he almost started to become a little bit botchy like the other Sincaro. You know, probably can't see for shit out of that mask. Yeah, I don't know. And uh, I, I, they all they all just have um, difficulty. A lot of the luchas, when they're hardcore luchas like that, they have difficulty in this company being able to uh, adapt to uh, the WWE style. Unfortunately, yeah, or WWE tries to you know implicate a uh, racial uh, tendencies with the Mexicans. So. Just go ahead and say it. They put them in the lucha house party, all right? We all was thinking it. Let's be real, okay? Yikes. It's now, funny we almost came to Pentagon being a fucking rainbow. Like, it's funny because I was saying in the chat room today, we were watching Raw, how Raw has become like a, it almost feels like a Broadway musical, like Cats or some shit like that with the way people have to pose. Like I always joke about it. It was just so funny. Like Ricochet with his music and you have to strike a pose in the air and everything. There's a pose at different points in the music. Uh, you know, they're, they're sort of like everyone's sauntering around like a bunch of fucking roosters, you know, like everyone looks like this is the West Side story now. You know, they all come out to in beat 
which I, it's okay for some people, but the fact that everyone does it, it makes me, I can't even take the product seriously at this point. And I've always said it on here. Like, imagine back in the day, man, guys that we looked up to as teenagers and as kids, like, imagine the click sauntering down to the ring, you know, doing the little posing and the da-da-da-da, the da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-
Like not everyone should have. They don't rehearse entrances of Valhalla. Like not everyone should have these <laughs> intros that are just so so strange and over dramatic. Sometimes just have a cool casual thing. Everyone's like trying for this crazy thing you know they're gonna i don't know it's, it's strange they're gonna be the next titan of the wwe and like i, I said mean, it, i it, seriously think i seriously think wwe should try to get a sponsor for milton and bradley because it seems like everybody's playing twister <laughs> oh man it's it's just weird to me man like i said um and, and it's not just one person if you think about anyone's intro it's all aside from people who were lucky enough i guess like maybe joe is lucky enough that it's just it's just walking. They can't really mess with it too much. I bet if they <laughs> bet if they could find a way, they would, you know. But they thankfully, luckily for him, he can. But I've I've never seen you know Ricochet to be all about the like just like chill out, man. Just go have a good match. You're really good in the ring, dude. I don't need to see this intro that's sometimes longer than the fucking match. Out of here with that. And again, I'm not trying to pick on him. It's everyone. I'm just using him as the example. Of uh, the way that they're taking guys, because we can't say anything about someone like Orin or any of their WWE manufactured guys. That's the way they've always been. But when you see guys from these other companies like Ring of Honor and New Japan and they come here and the intro is all crazy like that, it just it stands out more. Like Kevin Owens just comes out like Kevin Owens. Thank God nothing happened to him when he crossed over. I thought he was doomed and they just let him be the way that he was, you know, but people like that have gotten lucky. In the sense that they stood true to who the character originally was. Ricochet, I, I don't think so. Not so much. Not at least with the presentation of him. Another person I think that's in that realm too. I mean, granted, he's not with WWE anymore. He's with a better company, AEW. But uh, Pac, Adrian Neville, all yeah. of a sudden he turned into a superhero. Like, Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and even though he's always had like a festive intro, I've always used Nakamura as an example of his intro to me in New Japan trumps the, the one that he has in uh, WWE by far. But it was never like down to the queue. He had to arch his back and do the whole yell thing right at the point of the music where it's quiet. And, you know, like it was always it was just not like that. It's just so rehearsed, man. And uh, yeah, I think it's just what? one of the things that takes me out of that that brand entirely. Where I don't take it seriously anymore at all. They have to have a complete overhaul, not just change a few things here and there. They they need to completely readjust themselves for the modern era in order to be taken seriously at this point. They won't do it though. They won't do it because they're so their heads so far up their own ass. They they still think it's not a marathon; it's a sprint. And then like with Nakamura's entrance back in Japan, you had the impression that Nakamura was truly feeling his own music. When I when I used to watch um, Shinsuke come out for matches in New Japan, I used to think I've never seen somebody love their own music so much. Now I'm just like, all right, here comes the cue, here comes the bang, here comes the yow. All right. Yeah. I mean, literally, it felt it felt like you were seeing a rock star. Yeah. You know. So not just some guy who Sami Zayn's a company to the right. Yeah. No, they're 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 a mess, man. Like I said, and that's just like the small parts of the problems. But um, I don't want to segue too far from the uh, WWE game because there's other glitches I want you guys to see that have been brought to my attention here. Um, did you hear about this referee with Charlotte Flair glitch? <laughs> I think so. I haven't seen this one yet. I'm trying to find the link here. All right, I think this is it. Like, do they even test these games? Okay, I got something on the screen here. Let's see what the hell this is. And Charlotte Middle. Charlotte do this here. Charlotte's on one leg. Step in through. Looking for the finger. 
<laughs> what? Get up in there. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on a minute, man. We gotta make, we gotta do this right for this. I can't even believe what I just fucking saw there. Is that Tom Phillips? <laughs> it might be. <laughs> I told you the safe one. You didn't listen. Look at the ref. The ref is completely beside himself. Look at him. He's spazzing out down there. That's some crazy shit. Look at this. No the, joke, the, the, man. <laughs> like w- when I watched it on YouTube, um, my my video buffered right at that part. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I can't believe it. I I did not expect that. Don't buy this game, man. There's no way they're gonna fix that with a day one patch. Yeah, I'm not saying shit gonna be fixed. Like I'm not saying that at all. Like yeah, but if you haven't gotten it at this point, don't do it. Yeah, don't do it to yourself, man. Don't. Yeah. There's no see me. Unfortunately, I locked that shit in months ago. Well, so there um, must hey, be a way to cancel because Squires canceled his pre-order. He he pulled out. You know, his pull-out game strong. <laughs> You're taking the pledge for us, man. Way on the deep end. I don't know who he's taking a plunge for. Hey, <laughs> take a plunge for himself, shit, huh? that's the one thing i'm kind of bittersweet to me about the fact that i can't support buying this game at that price is all the fun that we probably would have had with just things like that which i'm sure there's infinite things like that it's not like that's just an isolated incident i'll put it to you like this if i find more i'll let you know (laughs) yeah use use the use the record that feature you know yeah that's what you could i mean because at the end of the day the, the whole thing with me it's not even to say that I'm disagreeing with anything anybody's saying. It's right there. You can't. But I'm looking at it like, you know what? Fuck it. I got it. I might as well. Not even saying like I'm taking a hit for the team and everything. No, I, no, I will not. T- I will not 76 for the team. But wow, that is that the episode title? But um, no, it's, it's one of those things where I think at that point when I already have it locked in, I'm in too deep. So I'm like, uh, fuck it. What the hell? Yeah, but no, no, I, no. I, I mean, think, I, at this point, it's going to be not only just playing it just because I wanted to play it, but it's also going to be now. Let me see if I can find some more glitches. Because, yeah, like, like this is a shoot. If I find more shit, I will let you know. <laughs> and it's weird for me, like having been with someone I've, I've bought every single game. It's weird to me to see uh, to see this happen. Chip, you know what? Thank you hard to kill. You Jay just the made phone. the list. Oh, no. Uh, here we go. <laughs> Thank you for the follow, sir. Welcome. 755. We almost 800. Well, mm. Keep it going. If you're lurking outside of the uh, outside of the chat room, now the time to hop in and hit yeah. that follow. Be a part of the revolution. Viva la revolution! <laughs> <laughs> it's been a good day, all right? I just found out too recently 
skewered off just a tad bit. Just found out recently my friend's going to celebrate two years sober soon. So it's been a good day. Okay. That's really good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was the one I told you about four. I think it'll be the 29th. It's gonna be two years over. So pretty cool. Got to plan, got to plan a trip to go see her, but having a good day. So yeah, yeah. So what's, we out here. What's but the name? I'm still say what? What's the name? Uh, her name's Abby. Well, congrats to Abby on two years sober. Yeah, early congratulations, but congratulations, very proud of you. So, but uh, no, Stasis, no, no. <laughs> incredible but um yeah so now it kind of makes me hope even more though that the talk we've been hearing about the aew game being true because i think we talked about it briefly off air what happens if you jumps on that yeah we hear we're hearing rumors that that's the reason yukes pulled out i can't confirm that they'll take it with a grain of salt but yukes might be yeah. going to make the aew game that'd be a real kick in the dick to wwe if that's why we hey. lost all those coders the, the, and uh <laughs> And again, they, I'm not saying would, don't get they, the game. I could even change my mind later in the week if I'm bored enough. I'm saying, but if I can wait it out, which I'm planning on for Black Friday. Black Friday's what, in like a month? Yeah, it's only a month away. You can wait that out. put that shit on sale for Halloween in, in, in nine days. Which, by the way, don't forget, we got our halloween on that entire week starting, uh, what is it, next Monday? Next week. Next Monday, we have our Halloween special on here. We try to tell a few Halloween stories mixed in with the wrestling news as well as... Uh, Throughout that week, we'll be streaming Halloween games, both current and retro. So we might stream some old SNES or NES games. Last year, what did we do? We did NES Friday the 13th as one of the retro yeah, games. And then, and then the real one, which and also for Xbox players, that is one of the free games this month. Yeah, so then, grab it. Then one of the current ones. Yeah, we did the current yeah. one, which, yeah, it is one of the free games. If you want to play with us, grab it at us. We have a, so we much have a club on our Xbox called Talk Brunch. So to search that and try to join. And you can play that since it's free. Everyone has access. But yeah, last year we did yeah. that and the 8-bit version. We did an SNES game called Clock Tower. Um, I don't think we got to do Nightmare on Elm Street for the NES. But we'll do, like I said, nah. both classic and current. Might, might do Resident Evil 2 current. Uh, we never got to finish or even start that. We have Layers of Fear. Most of the horror games are there. So it'll be Monday, the, the yeah. main show. We'll have a couple Halloween stories peppered in. And then Tuesday through the rest of the week will be uh, yeah. just the other content. Yeah, and I think... um. I'm planning next week to actually have two stories this year, one being my current one for this year and another one being an update story from the horror hill that I actually recently found out because I had lunch with one of the hillers and they kind of gave me a little backstory. So I have I might have a double dose on Monday. Nice. Very cool. But, yeah, don't buy that game. We're going to stop talking about it for now. Well, uh, you know, don't get it. We'll talk about some happy stuff. Mm-hmm. Nothing happy yet. Yes. So WWE apparently tried to buy stardom we've been hearing for a long time that wwe wants to do an nxt japan they're trying to do this whole global corporate takeover thing they started this by trying to purchase japan's stardom and uh basically triple h and a bunch of the officials this past july met with the stardom officials and uh they wanted to basically have a big women's division and it didn't happen Ironically, they even tried um, to entice and sweeten the deal, if you will, because uh, the founder of Stardom, Rossi Ogawa, WWE offered him a spot in the WWE Hall of Fame as part of the deal in buying and selling Stardom to them. And they still declined. They didn't want anything to do it. But it's just interesting to see you could hear their mentality there. They use, I could tell you before, the notoriety and pushes are currency in WWE, where they even try to, someone who's outside the company, look, we'll put you in the Hall of Fame. 
you sell us your company, you know? So this is something that was being offered. And, uh, basically it was shot down. You know, Brian Alvarez of Wrestling Observer said that they were going to buy stardom and, uh, stardom wanted to know what WWE's plans were once they purchased the company. And in typical WWE fashion, they didn't know. They hadn't gotten that far yet with what the plans were. You know what it was? They, uh, they, they, they probably saw what happened with Evolve. Remember that company that had the one event and everybody was like, oh, here comes the push. Yeah, and that was the deal breaker. It was like, hey, what are you going to do? It's something that George Lucas should have asked. <laughs> you know? The Japanese people are smart enough to do it. They said, hey, well, what are you going to do? With? <laughs> they, they said, what are you going to do with stardom? And they said, oh, oh, oh you know, we love we you all the time. So they said, oh, nah, nah, that's okay. They were like, we'll pass WWE. So WWE's plans for NXT Japan are now somewhat halted. And the story doesn't end there because Bushy Road, the company that owns New Japan Pro Wrestling, then purchased Stardom. So, <laughs> See, that just shows that even Stardom knew they want us just so somebody else can't have us, but they're not going to do jack shit with us. So Japanese are loyal as fuck, man. It also has to do with that, too. They were like, look, we're not going to let the Americans into our market here. We're going to sell to New <laughs> Japan. And now New Japan, who's been criticized in the past for not having a focus on women's wrestling, has stardom, has all of stardom. Problem solved. And they managed to lock WWE out, which I'm sure was partially the attempt. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, hey. Karma comes back around. You don't you you promise all these things and this and that. You give us nothing. Guess what happens? Now you get shut out. Yeah. So <laughs> what's basically happening is people are retaliating against this entire WWE global takeover that they're clearly doing. You know, they they don't uh, want any part of it. I love it. <laughs> because why would they want it? Exactly. It, it just shows that all this time, instead of trying to shut everybody out, WWE should have just been trying to make sure that their product was actually the best. Yeah. yeah. Eventually, you're going to find people who are going to tell you no. And the problem with them is they don't ever have a backup plan for what happens if they tell you no. They just like, oh, God, we don't know what to do. Yeah, well, you, the you, thing you... is, too, that I've noticed, like, they're starting to revert back to what exactly Vince tried to do in the territory days. Like... I mean, granted, it's it was nationwide, but this is global, man. You can't just go overseas to. I mean, try to try. You know what? For this crown jewel thing, go ahead and try to find a a, a promotion in in Saudi Arabia. Oh wait, you can't. You know what I mean? Like, buy them, buy buy the the countries you're going to that no one, not even the people on the roster, want to go to. Try to buy them. You know what I mean? So, And um, New Japan's expansion doesn't end with just stardom. Because right after that, they announced a new subsidiary. And they introduced the world to New Japan Pro Wrestling America. Yeah. They're pulling the trigger. So here's New Japan Pro Wrestling America. And here is their logo. That's beautiful. So this was like a double down when it comes to WWE. Because uh, not only did they fail to get stardom and establish NXT Japan, New Japan boarded from underneath them and then went on to establish themselves in the United States with, with more details pending on their website in the future. And I mean, it's not surprising what the success of a uh, G1 Supercard when they brought it to the States, all the stuff they've done with the Ring of Honor. It's just, it's I guess the time was finally right. 
Oh, you see what happens? You know, you got to be careful because this is a different world from the one where they were just beating up on a couple of companies. If this is a territory thing, they can't just assume that they're going to be able to just dominate like that. And that's what they do, though. Yeah. But that's why I knew it was going to. I knew this some something like this was going to come around and bite them in the ass. Yeah. And now they're getting bit from multiple angles. Good on New Japan. Hmm? As I say, good on New Japan. Yeah, very good. Very, very yeah, good. All that, that's awesome for them. Because we had said when uh, AEW really sprung out, they were going to be one of the companies that were taking a hit from it, and they're, they're recovering nicely. Mm-hmm. They did very well. When I told you guys that uh, I felt that Ring of Honor was in the most danger out of everyone. Yeah. You know? And it really was. You know, like there's nothing that they can do about just how bad it's gotten. I don't know what's going to happen. I hear everyone. Once you started hearing that Impact might buy them, that's when it became really scary. <laughs> you know, like Impact buying them. Get out of here with that. Holy that crap. <laughs> like, see what happened when you make Matt Taven your world champion? Did you get bought by Impact? Mm-hmm. Scary times. But we are going to talk about AEW tonight and a lot of things that are happening with them in this, uh, in this Wednesday night war. But uh, one of the big stories, which we're going to talk about early, is the Eric Bischoff situation, which I'm sure you guys have heard about. Oh, yeah. I heard about this brilliant plan. I mean, was there a plan or was it just a bunch of fumbling and bumbling? It's the same shit it always is. Fumbling and bumbling, I think, gives a little (laughs) bit too much credit. So Eric Bischoff, (laughs) let's try to keep up with the details here. So he was fired. He was told at a creative meeting in Stanford on October 16th that he was fired. Um, Bruce Pritchard is going to be replacing Eric Bischoff as the director of SmackDown. According to sources, he's already been doing most of the executive director stuff anyway. Bischoff sent out a tweet saying, Bruce is a great producer, good friend, and I'm certain he's going to thrive in his position. He's going to be working with a great team of the most dedicated and hardworking people I've had the pleasure of working with and getting to know. And then Bruce Pritchard in turn responded with much love and respect to the great businessman, creator, and friend. Thanks, Eric. And uh, sources are indicating that because Bischoff never was on television for WWE, he does not have the same 90-day no-compete clause in his contract as others would. There's no indication that he's going to go somewhere else or if he was even offered something anywhere else. But you never know. Jim Ross recently on his podcast, J.R. Grillin. I know Squires love the name to that thing. Uh, he Sponsored by Doraframe. He spoke a little bit about his opinion <laughs> on what happened to our Eric Bischoff. I'm going to link you guys to the entire show, but just let you hear a piece here. Uh, I was not surprised. The only thing that I would consider being, being surprised by was the uh, time frame. Uh, it was a, certainly a, a direct, in my opinion, I may be wrong. I haven't talked to Eric. Uh, you know, you're, you're in communication with him, obviously, because you, you guys do a show. 83 weeks uh, on the draw. So Monday, I think that's right. Uh, uh, so, and I, I'm a fan of the show. I like Eric, Eric and I've had our differences over the years, but that's, that's, that shit said a long time ago. Uh, this whole scenario is set up for a succession, uh, process. Do you think that Bruce is safe? You think Bruce is a, like a got a job, like a Supreme court justice for life. Are you kidding? He don't think that I guarantee he don't think that he knows that his time will come. It's like football coaches. They get hired to be fired. And the guys in that position, like Bruce was in, is in now with uh, running SmackDown. Can you imagine a few years ago 
Because I've been in these meetings, man. I remember the, the old man when he's talked about Bruce and he's talked about Bischoff. And sometimes they weren't in glowing terms. It's like he talked about me. I get it. So uh, I'm not surprised at all. Uh, but I am surprised uh, regarding the timeline. But for God's sakes, I didn't know that the Friday Night Smackdown show was going to lose a million viewers. From week one to week two, you lose a million. I didn't, I didn't expect that. So uh, the calamity there, and of course, Vince wants to keep Fox happy. I don't blame him. They got a lot of money and they got a lot of skill in the game. So, uh, how, how is, have you talked to Eric? Yes. How's he doing? Uh, you know, I think he's probably a little shocked, but, uh, you know, Eric is a man's man in that Eric ain't going to sell it. I think he probably got a nice little package walking away. Vince, Vince will take good care of you when he's kicking you out the door. He'll give you something to go home with. He'll put something in your, in your bag so you can, uh, re- to remember him by in the form of cash or some sort of payout. Uh, and, and, and he deserves that, but. The, the way that this thing is set up, I knew when, when Eric got his gig and, and, uh, Heyman got his gig, that this is a whole departure from what Vince has, has had in the past. Now, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Sometimes you got to reshuffle your deck and create a new structure, but the infrastructure there is, uh, uh, a little sketchy at best. Uh, it's the last guy you talk to sometimes. There's a lot of mistrust, a lot of, uh, looking over your shoulder type situations. Things that we don't have in AEW, thank God, at least not yet. And uh, so, I, 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 uh, I, Eric, you're right. Eric will land on his feet. He'll be just fine. And uh, you know, I, I, I got all the confidence world in that deal. But he was, he was a foil. He's the guy. He took the hit. What do you guys think about that? Uh, you had something nice. What'd you do? Like, <laughs> did they, did they have something nice? <laughs> I mean, Bishop's a smart dude. Do you think we, that we he know was, this. Do you think that what Jarrah saying is right though? That they literally just wanted somebody to set up the fall? Oh, I, I believe it. I mean, did we how many times have we seen a case where if something goes right, everybody wants to take credit, but the second something goes wrong, all of a sudden it's somebody else's fault. Like they're nowhere to be found when something goes wrong. If they would have gotten a million more viewers, oh, Bischoff was a genius. I'm so glad, I'm so glad we brought him on. But, oh, we lose a million in a week because we've been doing the same shit we've been doing for the past three, four, five years. Oh, Bischoff screwed it up. We got to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. Like, it's their usual bullshit that we've seen a thousand times. Honestly. Yeah, well, Brian Alvarez is saying that there were actually issues. They said that he just didn't know anyone. He didn't know any of the timeline. He didn't go out of his way to learn about anything. He would leave and nobody could get a hold of him. And he heard zero good things about Bischoff when he was doing whatever he was doing. And that they, they don't even know what he was doing are some of the complaints that were were made about him. Uh, the other things that were said, which I kind of found was was weird, um, they were saying that once it hit 7 o'clock, he would go out to dinner with his wife and he would be unreachable. Um, you know, I can't really hold that against the guy. Like, what do they think that they are? This this isn't... What do they think? They're the fucking FBI? They're, they're doctors now? Like, you got these people on call after 7 p.m., after he worked a full day at the Where office, we, we couldn't reach him after seven. He would turn his business phone off. He would work every day of the week. But after seven, <laughs> where the fuck was he? So <laughs> let's just let's, let, me, let me put this into context real quick. OK, ever since I became a manager, I start to open now. When I open, I get off maybe three, four o'clock. If something goes wrong between four o'clock and nine thirty, my boss will not text me until the next day because he knows, hey, I'm off of work. Can Let you him believe have that moment. bastard Just Destin say, went home? 
right? God forbid I go home and just have a. There's been times where he's like, where I, I've even told him before, like, hey, if something goes wrong, let me know. Oh, no. Wanted you to have your day. Didn't want to disturb you. Yeah. So it's you amazing know, how somebody is retailing. Come on, man. The, the man's trying to have dinner with his wife after seven o'clock and his phone's off. How are you going to say like that? Like, wow, that lazy bastard. <laughs> you know, like it's a little bit ridiculous. <laughs> you know, but yeah, the, I, I did. Assuming it's correct, I do find problems with the fact that the guy would not know his way around the superstars and stuff. Like, dude, play catch up a little bit, you know? Watch a few episodes of Raw. It doesn't take much. This isn't rocket science here. Yeah, I almost refuse to believe that one that he didn't know. Yeah, who that, was who. that does not sound like Bischoff. Yeah, you you could just watch the damn show. Just watch a Should few episodes. Wouldn't... You you if he you, you're telling me that this guy had the uh had the motivation to pack his whole family from Wyoming and drive them across the country to Stanford, Connecticut, but didn't have the motivation to sit with some popcorn and watch a few episodes of, of the show of SmackDown. Yeah. That, that, oh yeah. They are, they're full of shit with that. Like there's no way somebody like Eric Bischoff would not come to a new roster and say, and not say, okay, let me see who some of the big, who some of the big names are here. Let me see who some of the mid names. Let's see who can come up. There was a no lot of speculation. There was a lot of speculation that his uh that that his stamina came into question. You know, there was speculation that you know just his stamina in regards to being able to do the job the way that they wanted him to came into speculation. And uh, Brian Alvarez was also saying that he was doing some stuff that uh it was enough that no one liked working under him, and that he heard that people wanted to quit who were working under him. So uh, again, take it with a grain of salt coming from Brian Alvarez, but. You know, that's what he was basically saying. The Wrestling Observer Newsletter also was quoted as saying that uh, he had absolutely no vision. And once uh, they were headed into Fox, everything was falling through the cracks. And he messed up multiple times with Fox. And he had no stamina for the for the rigors of the job. That's, that's literally the, the, the quote that is going around about him. And uh, I don't know. I guess at some point really soon, we're going to find out the truth. Coincidentally, yeah. Eric Bischoff has a T-shirt for sale called "Fired," and uh, <laughs> don't think that it has anything to do with uh, this. It's just, it's just hilarious. Um, it was, I forget exactly what exactly. Oh, that was it. Was when Stone Cold got fired via FedEx. So it says "Fired" in the FedEx font. That's awesome. Then that was the whole joke. But he just um tweeted recently he said this is a completely random tweet and unrelated to anything in the news but there are fire t-shirts available at ericbischoff.com so, <laughs> oh yeah just fire. so you know here's the link to the fire t-shirts if you are uh, if you want to why the hell didn't i bring it up on the screen ah, you don't need to see it on the uh on the tron here you know what a fire t-shirt looks like and i linked it in the chat room if you want to look at it click it you're fired yeah but we're probably not gonna. Oh, and CM Punk responds to the uh, the fire T-shirt, and he his response is wedding day or nah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you was already married. Sorry, anniversary or nah. <laughs> yeah, but you're not gonna have to wait long to find out what's happening because Eric Bischoff is going to be coming to Starcast Four. It's funny how we were on here talking about how Starcast Three was the last one, but there's a Starcast Four. For those of you unfamiliar with it, it's basically a, a wrestling convention. They do panels where they different different people from the business will stand on. It's like Comic Con. If you've ever been to Comic Con, it's like that. You're in rooms with different people and they they have their panels where they talk about everything that's going on. 
And uh, Eric Bischoff is going to be there. I also linked that into the chat room there for you guys. Pretty cool. So uh, I'm pretty sure that he's going to wait until that point to answer most questions. You know? Not only because it would be a good time, but I think he'll have things a little bit more figured out by that time. Things will be a little bit more clear. Yeah, I think so. I think that... uh, I can't wait to hear what he says. There's been jokes going about about because his podcast is called 83 Weeks. It's based on, for anyone who doesn't know why it's called it, it's based on the 83 weeks that Nitro was ahead of Raw on the ratings. And, uh, you know, there's been jokes. And he's, he's even joked a little bit about maybe having a podcast called 83 Days. <laughs> you know, and he tells the story of this adventure, which is kind of funny in an ironic, fucked up sort of way. Have a spinoff podcast. Just have a whole network of first shows, 83 weeks, second show, 83 days. But he did on this week's 83 weeks, I almost said 83 days. He did on this week discuss it. <laughs> he did discuss it, which I'm going to link you guys to. He went into detail about his relationship with Pritchard and, you know, the rumors that were started and stuff, which I'm going to link you guys to here. I'm going to let you hear just a little bit of what he said. This is the first thing he's officially said about it. I'm not going to spend too much time clearing up the rumor and innuendo because it's out there. And I think people, you know, are smart enough to see through, you know, the bullshit that they read. Uh, in dirt, on, 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 you know, dirt sites and, and that kind of thing. I, and I don't, I honestly, I just don't want to get negative. Um, I, I'm going to say, you know, a couple of things and, and I'll have a lot more to say at some point in time, but, you know, my feelings right now are number one, I was really grateful for the opportunity, you know, to, to work at WWE and it was an opportunity. It didn't work out the way I wanted it to work out. It clearly didn't work out the way Vince McMahon wanted it to work out, but that, that happens. And I'm not taking any of it personally, um, professionally, you know, taking a hard look at it and, and thinking it through. But I'm more than anything, I'm just grateful for the opportunity. And part of the reason I am is, um, you know, I had a chance to work with a great, great team of people. You know, the, the, the writing staff for SmackDown in particular, as well as a, a lot of the other writers who were uh, on Raw. Um, they are a very, very talented and v- unbelievably hardworking and dedicated group of people. And just to have the opportunity to, to work with people like that in and of itself was worth this experiment. You know, I, I didn't come here thinking I was going to be in WWE for five or 10 years. Uh, I looked at it as a relatively short term opportunity, meaning two to three years. I didn't think it would be quite this short term, but sometimes that happens. You know, WWE is a, is a, is a great company with a very uh, defined culture and process. And, you know, I didn't necessarily fit into it. And that's just the way it is. Um, I'm not sad. I'm not disappointed. I'm not angry. I'm not any of those things. Just uh, looking forward to, you know, the next opportunity, wherever and whenever that may be, and kind of digging the idea of packing up the truck and getting back to Wyoming. So all in all, very positive. I've got nothing but great things to say about the people at WWE and the company as a whole. It's an amazing company. Uh, and like I, I've said this before, before I went back to work there, you know, from the, 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 the production team, I mean, just everybody that I came into contact with at WWE is not only incredibly talented, but you know, hardworking and extremely dedicated to, to the work that they do. So I, I was grateful and I'm grateful for the opportunity to be a part of it, even if it was for a very short time. That was a rather tasteful statement, right? Yeah. That was that. If I go to AEW, they can't say shit, but, yeah. but, <laughs> but again, he might be saving more details about what happened for when he's at Starcast. I think we're going to hear some shit at Starcast four. 
No one gets hired and released so that quickly without us hearing that there was shit that went down. Yeah. You know? And uh, Brian but, Alvarez also said that he was told that there's going to be more releases coming. And that morale's looking really bad in the locker room ever since October 1st. And that... Uh, mor- yeah, well, that... I was going to say, hasn't morale been looking bad since last year? <laughs> well, it's looking worse. Oh, God. You know, what can I say? Things didn't get better. Maybe maybe all four McMahon should come out and fucking, you know, talk about how, how great... Uh, we'll get a McMahon in every corner again. You know. <laughs> oh, no. That, you know, I went, <laughs> yo, that was one of my fucking least favorite manias, yo, man. It was like, I oh love the God. delay reaction. Like, <laughs> you start realizing, wait, not, never, you go, no. That was, that was WrestleMania 2000, right? Yeah. That I was a WrestleMania that. I actually didn't get a number. It just got the year. Never make your main event a oh. four-way. Never make your main event a four-way. At Elimination style one at that. Oh, man. Mick Foley retired for the 12th time. Like, triple threat, you can kind of get away with it. But a four-way, you're doing too much. Yeah. And it, and like I said, the, the the Mick Foley retiring, this was like right after he got retired. He gets retired like a... Uh, like the way George Jetson gets fired by Space Lee Sprocket. Like it feels like Triple H retired <laughs> Mick Foley like a thousand times. Like he always gets oh, these really God. bad retirement matches, you know? And that was one oh. of them. McMahon in every corner. That's what we need. That'll fix everything. Oh, like, you know, the sad part is at this point, that wouldn't even be the worst thing they've done. No, I wouldn't. I don't even know what the worst thing they, they've done would be at this point, man. But the ratings are in. So I guess that'll be what determines it. So week yeah. three, week three, NXT finally goes over. No, I'm kidding. AEW kicked their asses in the ring. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so they were at 1.14 million viewers. NXT was at 712,000. So uh, yeah, there was a, both shows got a drop. AEW's drop is a lot less drastic because last week they had 1.18. So they only dropped very little down to 1.14 as opposed to nxt's um what did they lose they lost almost 80,000 82,000 viewers between the seven seven hundred ninety thousand to seven hundred twelve thousand. shit that's rough and uh yeah i guess this is people are speculating that this is where the ratings are going to probably settle i guess maybe it's a thing by the third week or so you get a general idea of what your drop off audience is going to be and who's going to stick around so we're to assume now unless something drastic happens that AEW from now on will be at roughly 1.14 million viewers and NXT will be around 712,000 and that's just the way it's going to be yeah it's not very often that things just go poof and guess what now we're 1.14,000 you guys are 600,000 like that's not just that's not the way it works <laughs> and, 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 and that's other. just on the nights when AEW just has a regular night yeah so this is yeah. pretty much the good thing for AEW that this is a marathon and not a sprint because uh, right, it they can whoop their ass for even yeah, longer. It lets them drag them through an entire ass whipping in detail <laughs> with statistics. You know what I mean? It gives a play-by-play ass whipping. <laughs> you know? Man, if that can only be the title. Good thing WWE pointed out that this isn't a sprint because now it's very noticeable that it isn't. You know, so I don't know if this right is the best. <laughs> I don't know if this is the best idea for them. And uh, over in the Fox world. I'm sure you can guess where this is going. But I the, wonder. But they lost 500,000 more fans. <sighs> they brought in 2.3. <laughs> this is crazy. They brought in 2.390 million viewers. 
when last week they brought in 2.925. So from 925, wow. They lost over 600 million or 600,000 rather. About 500,000, like we reported. Yeah, five, 600,000 or so fans out of the 2.925 million. Oh man, that's rough. So hearing that, Almost, I wouldn't say confirms a theory I have, but almost kind of reinforces a little bit. Like a prime example with me, sometimes I work Wednesday nights, so unfortunately can't catch AEW. But now with the way, well, I can't catch it live at least. Now with the way Raw and SmackDown is now, they don't have the benefit of being able to have a shit show and then just everybody's still there. People can literally be like, you know what? This Raw or SmackDown is garbage. Let me catch up on that AEW I missed. Yeah. Let me catch up on that AEW yeah. Dark I missed. Yeah. And on top of that is Fridays. Fridays, sometimes people don't just want to be bothered. It doesn't have to be. I know people always use the excuse on Friday. Everybody goes out to hang out. They make it seem like everyone in New York goes to Webster Hall every Friday. And not only that, everyone in L.A. comes over here and they all go, go there as well. You know, and everyone's just all in this club, all in their night dresses with the disco lights and shit flashing. Don't ask me why I put disco lights in this fucking mental scenario. <laughs> you know what I mean? Though. Like, it's such a weird, it, it's such a weird scenario. The point being people that, that the assumption is that the reason why the ratings are down on the show is because everybody is at this fucking wild party because it's Friday. It, you know what it could also be that just on Fridays, people just don't want to be fucked with. They don't want to be bothered. There's a lot of people that have nothing to do with it. They're going out to do something. It has to do with the fact that there are, they went fucking Monday through Friday and now they're going home to eat a TV dinner and they don't want to watch shitty wrestling at this point. You know what I mean? They'd rather play play the Nintendo Switch. (laughs) I don't know. I love it when they try to, when they try to blame it on, uh, sports. And I'm like, you know, um, Baseball is just about over with. Uh, basketball is just starting. You know what I mean? Like, so well, oh. they don't care. They would be like, "Look, we heard that there was curling on ESPN three <laughs> <laughs> at nine forty-five, and that's why like the ratings drop." Though you got to think about how many people like curling, so. <laughs> If it wasn't for that curling, you know, exactly, you know, then there's some amateur bowling. You know what the funny thing about it is when I look at it, it, yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of people turn to the football. You know why? Because your product sucks and there's somewhere else to go. (laughs) Yeah. Nobody else runs into this problem but WWE. You know why? Because nobody else's product sucks this bad as Blake. Well, like, even back in the Attitude Area, like, both WCW and, uh, and WWF or WWE were like, they were like neck and neck when it came. And if not more, they they were better than like an NFL or MLB. You know yeah. what I mean? When it came to ratings, like yeah, they gave you a reason to stick around. Yeah. It became part of the festivities as opposed to now where it becomes like a chore, you know, where you got to explain to them. It, it, instead of being the cool place to go and the cool thing to watch, they became more like the parent who wonders why the kid didn't come home. For the Christmas holiday. I'm like, how come you didn't watch us? I was watching Raw. You, know? <laughs> you didn't like, watch Raw. What else was on that was better? What could you have been doing? It was summer break. You couldn't come wait, see us? Let's be real. Raw has turned into that thing where the only reason you catch it in full is because you just didn't have plans that night. Yeah. 
I mean, no matter what, I'm usually making the program for this show during those hours. So it's just on in the background for me at this point. Like it's not like I told you guys before, it's not rocket science to report on what happened on Raw while while doing other things. It's, you know, this is pretty basic shit. Whereas like New Japan and AEW, you have to watch because if you don't, you will miss some shit. Yeah. And, and, and like with, with like Raw and how SmackDown is all this, like how these ratings are going and the numbers that they're doing. Like they're about a maybe a step away from becoming velocity. You remember velocity? Holy <laughs> I, shit. I do. It was green, right? That was a green thing. Yes. Oh, I, yes. Velocity. I, I also remember Livewire. Do you guys remember Livewire? Oh yes. my god. Eat the whole nine. They're gonna be the new shit. They're gonna new the it's gonna be Monday night slam. We're just talking Saturday morning slam, we're gonna have Monday night slam. Where? He's gonna have three cartoon bits in one you match. Brought, I can't believe you brought Slam. Isn't Slam where Sinkar busted his ass? I it might have been. <laughs> that was the that was the Saturday show, right? I just remember that it's, that show literally consisted of like two cartoons, a kid special, and then one match. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the show. It was on in the mornings on Saturday, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure Sinkar busted his ass on that show. <laughs> he was doing the rope thing, like it was legit. You know, that oh poor guy. Oh, my God. That's the but it's like, reason. at this point, the more, especially when we hear about these ratings dropping again, all this tells me is one thing. NXT was nothing more than the, than the sacrificial lamb. Because whoever was getting put on that same spot was getting smashed. Yeah. And it's hard to argue with if Raw would have, if, if AEW would have been on Monday, Raw would have got smashed. If they had been on Friday, SmackDown would have got smashed. They just happen to be on NXT. They just happen to be on NXT same day. So NXT's getting smashed. Mm-hmm. And like, like, like when, when you have another place to go and it's a better place, you're going to that place. Yeah. And like, the last thing I'm going to say about this is it just feels like AEW and New Japan. Partially impact. It's like it's like uh, they would rather be they would rather ask for forgiveness than permission. Versus WWE would rather ask for uh, permission uh, or no would rather ask for um, <laughs> think think. Yeah, you know you see where I'm going with this. Like I see where yeah, you're going. Sorry. I see where you're trying to go. At sorry, man. Brain fart. <laughs> It's okay. We out here. We <laughs> yeah, but uh, according to Meltzer, he's basically saying that Fox is going to be okay with these drops, even at that number. They're going to be all right with it for a long, long time, and that they'd have to get way lower before Fox starts panicking, and that uh, people think Fox is going to pull it, and it's not happening. That may never happen, but it's not going to happen anytime soon, no matter what. So he's pretty much saying that even at the number they're at, assuming there's not a further drop, that Fox will be okay with everything. I don't know where he would get that speculation from. There's really no way to tell what they're okay with. I've heard from sources that Fox was doing higher than this last year with no SmackDown there. And they spent, this was like a billion dollar deal, right? So I'm supposed to believe that yeah. they were doing higher numbers before spending billions of dollars and then decided that this is okay. <laughs> I don't think that's great business. It would be weird for them to be like, hey, you know, we spent billions of dollars on this thing that's now much lower than the shit we had on here before that wasn't billions of dollars. What did they even have on there before this? No one even knows because no one gave a shit. And it was doing better than SmackDown. Do you remember what was on Fox at 8 p.m. on Fridays? 
Anyone off the top of your head listening to this? There was nothing specific. You see what I mean? No one across the... I bet you no one listening to this knew what was on Fox and 8 p.m. on Fridays. That's how fucking irrelevant it is. That I I almost can guarantee you that not one person (laughs) that's listening to this right now knows what happens on Fox and 8 p.m. on Fridays. But whatever it was, it's doing better than SmackDown. I'll put it to you like this. It was nothing that was scheduled to show up at 8 p.m. It was just whatever was around 8 p.m. Whatever was there. Whatever was there (laughs) is already beating SmackDown. Whatever was better, writing it down. You know, what? it could have been, it could have been fucking married with children reruns for all we know, and it was whatever it was. It was doing better. We don't even know what it was. We're gonna have someone research for me and please tell me what used to be in that spot. Yikes. You know, Keep think about it. WWE. But I'm sure Fox is cool with that. That they had some some shit, probably cops or some some syndication shit there that costed them no money. That's not now not doing as good as the as this big gigantic <laughs> SmackDown deal that they have that that just dropped through the ground. I'm telling you, and I think this is the last thing I'm going to say about it. I refuse to believe there's any trigger or special trick. This is what they got. This is what they're going to give us. Yeah, and you know what else? I think that we're going to see the lowest SmackDown ratings in history this upcoming Friday. Because uh, the Yankees are more important than uh, SmackDown in the world of Fox. And that being said, there is a baseball game. So for the first time, and we talked about this month before they got there, the stipulation that was going to happen when this started happening, they're not even going to be on Fox. They're going to be on Fox Sports 1, FS1. Why is that a big deal? Because what do you think people have more in their houses, Fox or Fox Sports 1? There are way more houses with Fox. There's a lot of houses that don't have Fox Sports 1 at all. The, the, yeah. the whole appeal of being on Fox is it's the most widely reached audience you can possibly get, even more so than USA. Now they don't have that shit. They're going to be on Fox Sports 1. They might drop to to, to NXT numbers if they're not Ugh. careful. I don't think they're going to go that low, but, uh, you know, they're going to definitely drop. Keep messing around, WWE. You end up back on a good old Paramount Network. They could be. They could be part of Spike, right? They could come on after. Uh, after I don't even know what the hell the shows are on. Do they, do they still have? Yeah, the, you, know, uh, you know, they could come on right after reruns of Bar Rescue. Right, there you go, Bar <laughs> Rescue. That was one of those. those yeah, so, so, so this is what they're gonna do. There. You're gonna have that guy that freaked out by the chili, followed by Seth Rollins. It's gonna be great. No, it was. No, it was gravy. That's what it was. <laughs> gravy. Oh no, man! You don't know that story. That was fucking wonderful. Fucking fucking reunion uh, show, and I think the guy was freaking out because his gravy wasn't as good. And Rick almost started to click off, and I was like, "No, stick with it, stick with it, it gets good." Yeah, that guy was <laughs> hating about that gravy, boy. He was so pissed off. That dude, that that dude had so much gravy heat. It was amazing. Yeah, but yeah, the company is a mess. Everything's going to hell, and their game sucks. Let's not forget that their game sucks. We started with that. Let's not forget about it. You know, their ratings suck. Their game sucks. AEW's beating them on Wednesdays. They're getting their asses kicked by nothing on Fridays. Mondays are just terrible in a general sense. So, good Sorry, job. They couldn't good even sign them. Good job. Maybe they need four more McMahons to come out. Get eight of them. You got eight more? You got cousins or anything? Okay, fuck it. Bring the grandkids. A grand, kid, a grand McMahon in every corner. Jane's kids. <laughs> Send everybody out there, right? Yeah, we're gonna have to go ten and trunks these motherfuckers. We need help. <laughs> use your McMahon. Use, use your McMahon power. <laughs> it's McMahon. Whatever it takes, you know. Start getting to the gym at four in the morning, children. Oh my it's god! Time. No more time, Jim. 
you know, bringing bringing Triple H's daughters too. They'll be like the Powerpuff Girls. There's three of them, oh, right? Stop. <laughs> No, no, no. Because what's going to happen is they're going to come out to the music. Send the whole fucking family out there, you know? They literally have to send the whole family out there. What was that family used to have back in the 80s? It was Bionic 6, was it, with the family? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) They start playing uh, My Time Now by the old Triple H theme. Oh, my God. That's that's when you bring back the Evolution song right there. That's the... Yeah, so yeah, things aren't looking great. I mean, sure, they're, they're rolling in money. They got that Saudi money. The people out there don't really seem to have much taste in wrestling. They don't give a fuck what would happen. You know, it could be anything. It could be it could be Honda versus Balrog, like in the Street Fighter movie, and they'll pop for it. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> no, you, where you where you pull this shit from? What the fuck? Right, I don't even know. Stratosphere. <laughs> Can somebody just give me like a highlight reel, like some of the random references he managed to make on this fucking show? Yeah, no, they don't give a shit out there. Amazing. But yeah, um, they basically said that Drake, they, they started doing more drafting off camera. I don't even know why they have a draft if they do it, but Drake Maverick is on SmackDown and AOP is on Raw, so they got rid of him from being the manager of them, which never worked in the first place. He, he was hardly a manager. Yeah, right? He managed them for like two months. Yeah, his big highlight of being a manager was pissing himself at a, at a pay-per-view, right? That was his big manager moment. Is it? That was his. That was his Heyman turning on Lesnar in Survivor Series. Like that was it. Yeah, and we got Luke Harper and Rowan, which I just linked you guys to in the chat room, where uh, they basically had to say goodbye because they were split up. Which I don't even. I didn't even know they were officially back together. I don't know where that shitty angle was. They, going. they hardly were. Yeah, you know. But apparently, he put some sort of a of a dramatic thing here. I'm gonna gonna bring it up on the screen. I don't even know if it's necessary to bring it up on the screen. I don't know what it is yet, so we'll see. But while it's coming on, let's see, I could read it here and have the text of it. Leave the memories alone, Larry, until the next time, Big Red. Eric Rowan deserves all the success that he achieved, and for some reason, no one is willing to give him the credit or believe in him. Well, I think he's made you all believers now. He never needed me, but somehow, for the last eight years, we've always found our way into each other's corners. I know he's going to tear it up on the Monday night. On Monday Night Rowan. Let him talk. Let him kill and let him be happy. I cherish you as a friend, big man, despite the rough start. Haha, I'll see you down the road. Yeah, that's a little bit too touching for big, scary guys like that. It's like, I, I, get, a, I get breaking character and everything, but shit. Now, Harper, you know damn well he needed you his whole career. Stop lying. Yeah, what's the image that he used? Oh, look at that. He uses a, a dramatic image of the two of them. Jeez. He took that shit hard, huh? Mm. Okay. It's so hard to say, but no. And I take <laughs> a memory. That's what it seems like, right? Like we should have had that in the background while I was reading that. That I wish we would have set it up first. Perfect. <laughs> we see that better. It's been a long, long day. <laughs> you know what the funny thing is? When you first started reading the message, and he said, "Leave the memories alone," I instantly thought back to Ric Flair's retirement speech. Yeah, like, Leave kind of the a- memories. Like, what kind of a speech is that, you know? Like, what is going on here? I mean, whatever. I guess the guy was was touched by this whole thing. And whatever. Good luck to whatever the hell they're going to do with these guys. I have a feeling that thanks to him asking for his release and uh, whatever, they're not going to, they're probably never going to treat him too well. You know, there's a few people who are in that situation. We're hearing that that, uh, Mike Bennett is in that situation where they're just going to, he's just locked in. He's a prisoner now. So, sucks to be him. And uh, the draft caused more chaos because... uh, as you guys know, our truth and Carmela split up. We we brought that up here. Um, 
basically the the reasoning behind it we're being told is because uh the USA network as we reported on here months ago were the ones that came up with the whole 24/7 title thing so they're invested in keeping that 24/7 title running on raw it's a it's a USA network project remember we talked about how that was their suggestion for having better ratings why don't you guys have a title like a, so that was their thing so it has to stay on raw even though it's not officially in storyline a designated title, it is. It's a raw title for now. That being said, Corey Graves was drafted to SmackDown, and they're trying to keep couples together in WWE currently. So that made Carmella have to go to SmackDown. That's the reason why they dropped draft Charlotte and Andrade. They keep everyone on the same brand if you're a couple. Um, I find that actually re- really interesting in a company that's so strict about so many things this must be part of their sweetening deals to keep people around keep people invested and uh, you know i guess keep people happy because it's easier to have a life on the road if you get to be with your significant other the entire time probably keeps them less cranky and stuff like that so i just noticed that i guess maybe to help keep travel schedules and things better it is it is commendable that they keep that kind of stuff in mind if I had to say something yeah. good about the situation. So it's unfortunate for the R-Truth and Carmella team, but nonetheless, I'm sure that she'd probably want to be on the same brand as her significant other more than she'd care about doing the R-Truth storyline. Yeah, yeah, it also so. makes sense because that's why uh, Alistair Black and Selena Vega are on the same show because they're married. Right. They, they they try to keep you together so you're not traveling separately. Um, which which it does help because I, um, I see an example of how hectic that is for them because I think the ride along where Selena and Andrade were there – Salida at the end of that one had to drive, I think, another few hours to go meet up with Alistair. Yeah. So I think it's I must crazy. have been a nightmare. When you think about all that driving, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's like just a rough life as it is. If you can sweeten the deal for them in any way. Look at Sasha Banks. You know, Vince gave her her own travel bus, right? I heard something about that. That was part of her contract to come back. She's one, she, she said she thinks she's one of the, I don't know if this is true, but I know she thinks she's one of the first girls to ever have her own bus, you know? Uh, that I know of, I think so. Yeah, I've never heard of their it. Own bus. So I mean, you know, and we talked about how convenient that life is. You know, once you oh, have your dude, own shit. I, 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 at first I saw CM Punk's bus. I was like, wow, I just want a bus. I don't care if I'm going down the block. I want a bus. Fuck it. Yeah, he has a nice queen size bed. He got roommates and shit if he wanted on that thing. Everything's right. wonderful. You know, so just make sure it's not Daniel Bryan's bus because you can't fuck on there. Eh? <laughs> yeah. I found out the hard way on Total Divas. That shit was amazing. Yeah, and and there's still free agents. I don't remember if they recruited anybody else, but uh, there are still people that haven't been drafted to Raw or SmackDown. I guess they're just going to be guest stars in the case of people like John Cena, Undertaker, and Goldberg. Um, but then you have the Usos and Naomi who are not drafted. A lot of speculation about the whole DUIs and shit came into play. The Colognes, believe it or not, they're still employed with WWE, not drafted. The Ascension uh, were not drafted. Cain Velasquez, since I guess he's a special attraction, wasn't drafted. Mike and Maria Canales were not drafted. I mean, it doesn't help that he asked for his release recently. Lars Sullivan, who's, uh, he has his knee injury, wasn't drafted. Mickey James, Nia Jax, Ruby Riot, um, who are all injured, not drafted. Sheamus, I'm, I'm hearing rumors that he's supposed to be set up for a big return. Like they're supposed to be planning to do something. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, yeah. but that's another person who wasn't in this draft. It was, they didn't change too much about the draft that they had, really, which is very sad when you look yeah. at it. All, all the draft turned into was, okay, you're here all the time from the little stupid wire called rule. All right, we're just going to lock you on that show. Yeah, that's really all that it was. 
which is quite unfortunate. All right, well, let's talk some injuries. Everybody hurt. <laughs> you think so? Everybody's in the hospital, right? They're or they're in a they're in a local facility, as WWE likes to say. <laughs> you know, hospital, hospital is a big word. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so basically. We're hearing that Velveteen Dream has a back injury and he's had it for some time. He's been working injured. But uh, now they took him off the road and that's why Regal said that he won't be back for a long time. I don't know what a long time is. And that's not a gimmick injury, right? Like, is that really hurt? No, apparently it's a shoot. And um, they rolled him off of TV this past week on NXT. Yeah, I did see that. And uh, yeah, Get well soon, dude. Mm-hmm. And Luchasaurus recently tweeted in regards to uh, his recent injury, which uh, I'm not even sure. What was his, see what his injury was. Uh, I believe it was a torn hamstring. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. He yeah, said he, he was get... supposed to compete in the first round of the tag team tournament, but Marco Stunt took his place. Right. Well, he put out a tweet that said, with friends like this, I can get through anything. And it's him with uh, with the two other guys, Marco Stunt and uh, Jungle Boy. Yeah, it's a hamstring tear. I have it here on the link. And I'll link you guys to it for social media. There you go. And uh, there was speculation that he was going to be out of action for six months. And he responded to that by saying, oh, really? And doctors told me in 2013 to retire due to my hip injury. So basically he's saying don't count him out Yeah Big man will be back soon Yeah I think so Definitely. Mm-hmm. And uh Sasha Banks Has finally been given Uh I guess a clear To come back because I don't know If it's to wrestle but she was scheduled to be at Uh Smackdown she was scheduled to uh To be at New Jersey And Rochester New York At some of the house shows so, um, I mean, I guess that's good, you know. I don't know how bad her tailbone injury is, but they're not taking her off of the road. But uh, Kushida, on the other hand, suffered a hairline wrist fracture on the 18th NXT episode, which was the first episode. And uh, believe it or not, this was before he had his Walter match. And he still, despite that, went on to have that match he had against Walter. And, uh, Incredible match Yeah But uh, he's only going to be out for about a month With the wrist thing So yeah Definitely wish him a speedy recovery with that That's crazy I think you could have a match like that With a fractured wrist Yeah he's a true professional I mean <laughs> Tough as nails <laughs> mm-hmm. And Christopher Daniels is also injured He has He uh basically said on Twitter that injuries are the worst. They're like a tunnel where you don't know the length. You don't know when you'll see daylight again. But I didn't come this far just to fade away, especially since I have unfinished business to attend to. Thanks for the well wishes, everyone. SCU soon. And then uh, this is the image that he put out along with that. And here is the link on social media for the on-demand people. Check the Twitter. I don't always put it on the Facebook, but I do put it on the uh, Twitter when I have a chance. I'll try to start correcting that. Yeah, I see how that's clearly why they wrote him off like they did um, on AEW. 
So it was reported today that Roman Reigns was in a steel cage match with Daniel Bryan taking on uh, the Bludgeon Brothers, ironically, who was split up during the draft. And uh, they said he had some sort of a stinger. They said he took a hard bump between the cage and the ropes during the match. And uh, he still went home with the match. But he basically signaled for a medic to come help him. And uh, he met with a medic backstage. But we don't know if there was anything bad. It doesn't mean there's anything really serious, you know. We'll see. Oh, yeah. Stingers suck, though. Like, ugh. Yeah. If you never had one, it is a miserable experience. Mm-hmm. And Xavier Woods apparently has an injury because uh, New Day was facing the revival in Sydney. This was literally a couple of days ago. And uh, the referee threw up the X in the middle of the match. And Woods had to be taken to the back. And uh, basically afterwards, Woods tweeted on image that said sorry and it was a picture showing common causes for an Achilles tendon injury we don't know how bad of an Achilles tendon injury it is but for a full Achilles tendon tear it could be six months so here's hoping Woods a speedy recovery oh yeah that's a big tendon to tear too And La Parker had a nasty bump. Who was it that put that in the chat room? Uh, I think Willie that was Willie. Willie V2 put that in the chat yeah, room? Yeah, yeah. I think that was Willie because Willie's always putting stuff in the chat. Yeah, this is in Spanish. I don't know. Let's get this to load up on the screen. I don't know what the fuck's going on here. You can clearly <laughs> see what happened. But um, I'm just surprised. It's like, that's pretty bad. Yeah, look at that. Saw that shit? Wow, so what's the other 45 seconds of it? Just his body then? Good lord, it is loud. Let's turn that down. All you can really hear is the crowd. So we don't even really need the sound for it since all you hear is the crowd. But let's go back to this bump for a minute. Holy shit. Yo, he hit hard. Get it on the big screen over here. What in the hell? Oh, boy. It looked like he hit the bottom of the barricade and the floor. Yeah, if you looked at his leg got clipped and he pancaked out the sound. he, He is knocked out, isn't he? Oh, he is out like a light. Holy shit. I don't like those suicide dives. I don't think that they look cool enough to take that level of risk. Like, this, guys, this... the Parker's A should not be doing suicide dives. Yeah, they like, he's any... too old for moves like that. If anybody has an update, because I don't know too much about what happened after this. This was last night, right? Holy shit. Parker! Crazy. He took a fail army bump like Jesus. I hope he's okay. My God. I, don't know I am the barricade. Oh my God, Shane. <laughs> Damn it, Shane. 
That is so tasteless. Write it down. That is so. That is so tasteless. That might be the one because we already got the image. Damn. Good God. Fuck. I really sit no serious, and I hope he he's doing. Yeah. Better. Like I don't even. I can't even imagine like the sound. You gotta wonder. Like I, it looked like he went out on impact. It was like at least we hope he didn't feel it. So I believe we reported on this. This is more like an update on the tragic passing. But if you guys remember Silver King, he was at Lucha Libre World um, at the Roundhouse Theater. And uh, he died during the event. And Camden New Journal put up an article noting multiple failures uh, in the moments after he had a heart attack in the ring at 51 years old. They basically said... uh, the coroner, um, court senior coroner, Mary Hassel, quoted as saying that he suffered a cardiac arrest and ineffective CPR was performed on him before EMTs could, could, could arrive. They, and she said they lost the opportunity to have the best treatment possible and lost the opportunity of survival that otherwise would have been afforded to him. This was in the match against Juventud Guerrero, if you guys recall, where uh, basically... Silver King hits the clothesline and then he just falls to the ground and the referee checks on him and then they continue the match and they didn't call paramedics at that point and then an ambulance was called and uh, he was taken to the hospital but uh, Hassel was then quoted as saying that when she's talking about the failure in first aid she's talking about a whole raft the whole context of the first aid that was offered and everywhere there was a failure properly to plan that everybody knew what they were doing the procedures were in place so that first and foremost a person who could become unwell would be identified in the ring immediately and they also said that uh, basically this had to do with a lot of the stress of performing and uh Another thing that prevented EMTs from being able to reach him and perform proper CPR was the fact that security brought them around the back of the venue, which made it slower for them to get to him. Maybe they were trying to be discreet. I'm not sure, but they didn't want to bring them through the front. They brought them through the back. And uh, the people who showed up didn't have a defibrillator. And uh, What the hell? Yeah, I don't know. This was like, holy fuck. Uh and that uh, I don't know There was social miscommunications And stuff uh, Because I guess somebody thought it was a spinal injury But a lot of different things factored into them Not knowing what to do or how to do it I think it's that's very poor I don't know if there's consequences for that But there should be Oh hell yeah Yeah. Are we done with injuries they, they, for now? <laughs> they, they, they easily could have saved that dude's life Yeah I don't know if they could have But I think he would have had a better chance I think that's it, right? Anybody else injured you guys could think of? All right. And with that, I think that's it. (laughs) I just really tried to think, like, oh, I think that's it. Yeah, there's still a lot of those guys, you got to say. So, um, Impact Wrestling had Bound for Glory last night. And, uh, we didn't watch it. Uh, I didn't watch that shit, did you? If you did in the chat room, tell me did you enjoy? It? I know Willie V two tried to watch it. They were on Fight TV or something. It was a pay per view. That's what actually they they expected people to pay per view for this shit, and uh, <laughs> which is hilarious. You know, I was expecting. I was thinking, well, is it on Destination America or you know? Uh, no, they, they ain't got that level of Bound for Glory. One of the free ones. Yeah, they asked, they asked for money, actual money for this. But apparently, Fight TV. Some people lost the feed or whatever. Or Fight TV lost the feed to the live venue. 
is what uh, was being uh, reported yeah. out there during the pay-per-view. So first time in months of them being on pay-per-view, their biggest pay-per-view of the year, and there was already some fucking problems with it. Brutal. But I wanted to see Moose versus Ken Shamrock. Damn it. I kind of did want to see Moose versus Ken Shamrock, but not enough to uh, go see it. You know what I mean? Like It was just like just enough to want to see it. You know, anybody know how much it was? No, nah, I don't. I bet it was some ridiculous price, like sixty dollars or some shit. Yeah. Someone should look that up. Tell us how much they're charging for that pay per view. Remember when they used to offer them for free? <laughs> did, <laughs> did you Bound for glory? For, did you pay for Bound for Glory? Hell no! I got it for free. Oh my god, no! <laughs> I can't believe you did it again. <laughs> oh, I missed that guy. <laughs> you <fuck. laughs> oh, oh, wow okay well it wasn't that bad it was uh 40 40 still kind of high uh, that's four months of wwe network right there that's messed up to have to say right when you're quantifying things in network time that's four months of the network you guys are giving me one pay-per-view that doesn't come on from the beginning because fight tv lost the feed but uh, here is the, uh, what is this? There's a promotional video, I'm saying, I guess, that, that came for the damn thing. We do it for the glory. Oh, God. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. Turn that shit off. Yeah, I don't want to hear the music. Let's just look at the, the video. At least have it low or something. <laughs> yeah, I knew right away that I was, like, not 100% invested in the music for this. Ah, uh, this is three minutes. Do you guys want to see this whole thing? I mean, at this point, it's less painful than three minutes of Raw, so I mean... <laughs> yeah, I guess. All this time, I was still wondering who the fucking Street Profits mystery partner was, so... Yeah, if you guys aren't listening on demand and you want to see the video to the, our stuff, uh, don't forget, you can just go to... You can go to Mixer.com slash TalkBrunch and scroll down, and uh, all of our replays should be right there of anything that we've done. You don't have to wait for us to upload it to... Uh, YouTube or anything. Everything we do just archives there automatically. You don't have to. There's no waiting for replays if you want to literally get it before you see it anywhere else. Right. That's a nice little video package here. If it wasn't for the music. Yeah, the music is the only the only downside. You know, while this is going, I'm gonna read the card because we do have listeners who don't give a crap about the visuals here. So we had uh, Brian Cage. The main event is Brian Cage defending against Sammy Callahan. So I can't wait to see that. I should just stop the show and go watch this right now. Um, <laughs> they had the Rascals, who's Trent Wentz and De- Desmond Xavier. I think Desmond Xavier is the only one I know versus Dr. Wagner yeah. Jr., Aerostar, and Taurus. You got Ken Shamrock versus Moose, like you spoiled. No, I'm kidding. Um <laughs> You got uh, the 20-person Call Your Shot gauntlet match, which was Eddie Edwards entering at number one with Mahabali Shira at 20. Rosemary, uh, I guess it's in her gender. Johnny Swinger, Jessica Havoc, Jordan Grace, Kira Hogan, Cousin Jake, Cody Diener, Raj Singh, Adam Thornstow, Luster the Legend. Um, And there were a bunch of to-be-announced people for that. Um, you had uh, the Impact World Tag Team titles, the North defending against Rich Swan and Willie Mack versus Rhino and Rob Van Dam. Rich Swan and Willie Mack used to be a tag team like in the Indies, like in PWG and shit. So uh, that's yeah, actually they brought them back together. Thing. Yeah, they put those that's guys together again. Yeah, that's actually okay. 
that, that Impact season. was smart enough to know to put those two together. So. You can see what I mean? I found only like one match right now that I really care about. I mean, I guess Michael Elgin versus Mara Fuji would be cool, you know. Um, those are both two people that I don't know what the hell they're doing here. But um, yeah, Michael Elgin versus Mara Fuji. Maybe I'll check that match out. And then you got Tyre Valkyrie versus Tennille Dashwood for the Impact Knockout Championship. And Brian Cage. Well, we already talked about Brian Cage. So that's pretty much the entire... Um, card. I don't know if you guys want me to read results. Or it says there's also an X Division match, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah? What was the X Division match? Um, I know God, I know it was Tessa Blanchard. Um, who's the fucking guy? Jay Chris. And a few other guys competed. I think it was a ladder match for the X Division Championship. Interesting. Should we go over results, or just should we just leave it? Uh, yeah, we can breathe through them. Yeah, I mean, I'm bringing up some results here. Uh, what do we got? Eddie Edwards won that call your shot match. Yeah, he got a title shot at his choosing, I believe. Taya Valkyrie won the uh won her match against Tennille Dashwood, so Emma can't win gold even in Impact so far. <coughs> I feel bad because I thought that would be it that Emma that bound for glory. Also, uh, we had the North going against Rich Swan and Willie Mack and Rhino and RVD, and uh, the North went over. Um, Michael Elgin versus Mara Fuji. Elgin goes over. Jace Chris against Tessa Blanchard. Against Daga. Against Ace Austin. Against AC Romero. And Ace Austin. That's the one you were talking about. New X Division champion. And it's kind of funny to see, Ty, to see Tessa and Daga in the same match because I know, I believe they're an item. So. Yeah. Yeah. A jacked Ken Shamrock apparently comes to the ring. Who knows? Maybe he's on the roids, or maybe he's, he's been hanging out with Billy Graham. Yeah, he's in good shape for his age. Who knows? You know, Moose goes over with the spear. Brian Cage defends his championship against Sammy Callahan, and Brian Cage, thank the heavens, goes over with a power See. bomb and a drill cl- claw. And uh, pretty much that's impact. I, honestly, there's very much, there's very little here that uh, that I care about. I don't. Know I mean. That. WWE would have put Sammy over, so I mean, a little bit of hope there. <laughs> but um, Ace Romero was signed an impact deal in the middle of the ring. Apparently, they had Scott Demore come out and offer him a contract. So there you go. There's a new guy for Impact. And uh, according to PW Insider, Kylie Ray was backstage at Bound for Glory. She works a Twitch show for them. Chris Sabin was backstage. Hornswoggle was backstage. Jay Bradley. Some people from OEW, Tony Gunn, and Tyler Matrix were back there. The name that stands out to me, especially Kylie Ray, just because of all of the mystery recently involving her departure from AEW, which you guys know about, which, uh, according to Brian Alvarez, he's quoted as saying that what happened with Kylie Ray, the reason she got out of wrestling was a personal issue. Maybe something happened in AEW where she decided if she were to return to wrestling, she probably doesn't want to go back to AEW. But for those who are looking for some massive scandal or some horrible, terrible thing that happened, there's no such horrible, terrible thing that happened. As to his understanding, that something happened, but the idea is that it's something, but the idea that it's something horrible or terrible or scandal, his impression is that it's nothing like that. Something people just don't sometimes people just don't work out in certain places that happens when you go all over the world and it's not a scandal but the larger issue of what happened with kylie ray was a very personal issue and everyone needs to just move on with their life just because someone entertains in wrestling doesn't mean 
you know everything about their personal lives. Again, that's Alvarez. I don't know what the hell personal issue can happen that will make somebody leave an entire company like that. That's weird. I mean, as much as they're trying to make it seem like this isn't weird, it's weird, you know. And that that statement certainly didn't help. It's a very, very personal issue, so don't worry about it. Right. <laughs> that's, that doesn't help things. <sighs> Boy, incredible. But I think it'll come out one day, inevitably, no matter what. Yeah. But continuing with the Impact news, Joey Ryan has signed the contract with Impact Wrestling. He said that it made the most sense signing with Impact Wrestling since they've been the most consistent wrestling program on TV for the past two years. And he gets to keep all his indie dates. And best of all, they let him be him. So now Joey Ryan has an Impact contract. And they announced their next pay-per-view, which is called Hard to Kill, which is ironic considering the conditions <laughs> company been in for the past decade. You know, but yeah, Impact Wrestling Hard to Kill is going to take place January 2020. We don't know what the date is, but that's when you're going to get Impact Wrestling Hard to Kill. I like it. And then in February for Valentine's Day, they're doing uh, Impact Wrestling Not Canceled Yet, son. No, I'm kidding. Oh, my God. <laughs> keep going, right? But they I, even did, went, uh, I don't know if you heard about uh, the one night only that they're doing. Yeah, apparently, you know, the way they used to do ECW one nights only, and then they even had the TNA version, Extreme Rules, now Impact Wrestling. Get this. I don't even know if this is rock bottom or, 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 or what warped world we live in. Impact Wrestling is planning on doing TNA one night only. So for one night only, you get to relive the shit. But I think they're trying to go back to the good times of TNA. Yeah, yeah, that's what, that's what it you is, because like, they have the original logo from back then. Yeah, so they're planning on bringing back TNA Mania Weekend. This is at least their strategy. So uh I don't know. I, I don't even know where to begin with this. But they basically um had Matt ja- Matt Jackson put out a tweet. Um there was an image of the young Bucks when they were in TNA. If you guys recall they were Generation Me. What were they called again? Max and Jeremy Buck? Yep. Was what they called them in Impact yep. Wrestling. <laughs> You know, but uh, basically Scott Demore told them that he would like them to come back as Generation Me for the TNA one night only. He said, let's do it. As Tommy Dreamer would say, no politics, no BS, just wrestling, you know. And then he uh, he basically said he wonders what uh, Alex Shelley and Chris Sabin are up to. Generation Me versus Motor City Machine Guns. What do you say, Matt and Nick? Are you ready to hashtag cross the line? Hashtag this is impact. Which I don't think they're gonna go to TNA. No. Are you ready to cross the line? They went there. They they really did. If anything, just just have the just have Motor City Machine Gun come over to AEW. There you go. Yeah, this was Ethan Page that wants to have this TNA event, and Scott Demore was very interested in doing this too. And uh, I don't know. They would they were saying for the Young Bucks. Um, to do it. And they said that the doors open on their end. If they want to come in, no politics, no BS. Sometimes we can't do that. But if it's possible and Matt and Nick want to come down, if somebody in the tower wanted to let Bobby Roode do a Team Canada reunion or AJ Styles come back to where he was the face originally, the doors are open. That's so strange, you know. Like, uh, <laughs> you can just uh, pick names out uh, there like Daisy. Or what if, uh, or what if Okada wants to come back and beat Kato again? Right. You know? <laughs> okay. Let's, let's do it. Fuck it. You know, let's do, let's, let's let's bring back all the great memories. You know, fucking yeah, bring back yeah, Dixie. Let, can we have Dixie come back? Yeah, it's a little De Niro's uh, out there somewhere shitting in the woods. We could bring the boat back. Brutus Maximus <sighs> all day. Oh God! Oh, this company boy. So, uh, then we had Crown Jewel news. 
because we didn't have it yet. It's going to be on Halloween. Isn't that great? That's something to look forward to. A Halloween crown jewel. Woo! Can't wait. In case it wasn't scary enough. Are you sure that's a decoration? Or is that a real body? Yeah, you know. But that Saudi money, boy. (laughs) That Saudi money is what keeps them there. Because according to the Daily Mail, Tyson Fury, who's going to be wrestling against Braun Strowman, is going to be making about $15 for that (laughs) match. Fifteen million dollars for that guy, that outsider, to come in. I wish I could get paid fifteen million to do fuck all. Fifteen million for this match. So that says a lot about the income that they're willing to pay to someone who's an outsider of the business. That's amazing. It is amazing. And it goes to show just how much Saudi Arabian money there is to throw around. You know? That's ridiculous. Gosh. Yeah, I mean, do they even pay any of their superstars that much money? Hell no. No. None that I could think of. That's a fat paycheck for boy. <laughs> you know? Maybe with all that money, he can buy a spot to trend on Twitter. They're never going to give up that Saudi Arabian money at this point. Oh, no. You know, that shit is embedded into their souls. They'd probably give up the WWE Network before they gave up the Saudi Arabian <laughs> We'd be back to $60 pay-per-views before they gave up that money. Yeah. Well, what are your thoughts on that guy making that level of money, Tyson Fury here? Uh, it, it doesn't fucking surprise me. No. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, I'm I'm sure he probably would get paid more in boxing than he would WWE. But, but and for the reason it to why be I WWE, say that is, but for it to be WWE, it's so much of an easier job, though. You know. Yeah. He he literally has to have zero talent whatsoever. Yeah. You think Braun talks to him on the side, like, hey, man, uh, I think I can borrow, like, 10 20 <laughs> like, I'm sure Braun like, really, They're not pushing though. me for enough money. I'm just saying, man, sling me some of that shit. Yeah. Um, my T-shirt's not selling that bad, but, uh, you know. But Triple H was on ESPN's first take, which they put on their Twitter here, and he talks about why they had Tyson Fury. Let's bring this up. All right, first of all, thanks for, thanks for being on the show. Triple H, I got to come to you, man, because I'm really interested in knowing. I mean, Tyson is a great showman. There's no question about it, and I'm looking forward to seeing him. But, you know, I, I want the WWE, it, it is just it. Y'all are fantastic. I'm a huge fan. Here's the question that I have. You got a boxer. You, I mean, how do you decide who you guys want to bring into the WWE? Obviously, you got to know how to fight. That's a criteria. We get that. But... From the entertainment perspective, whether it's UFC or boxers, I mean, how do you go about picking and choosing who you want? What's the real criteria here? Well, part of my job, my biggest job is recruiting athletes globally. So I'm looking at athletes from all over the world, from every sport, Olympics, NFL, uh, soccer, it doesn't matter. I'm looking for the best athletes in the world. But when they're showmen like uh, Tyson Fury is, it makes that job so easy. And I can tell you that. From him coming down to our performance center in Orlando, Florida, he has taken to this like a fish to water. His footwork, his mannerisms, everything is there. Um, the athleticism of what he does as a combat athlete is there, and then some. Plus, the money is there for him. On the planet, than Tyson Fury. He was custom made to do this. So he's been on the radar for a long time as a performer. Uh, for me, the, the top rank ESPN Plus deal of, of the last year or so really put that back on my radar. I went to the Lomachenko fight in New York, and uh, and it was about the time that he signed with Top Rank, and it really put it on my radar. This is an opportunity for us 
we had the right time come up. We reached out to him. He had some time, uh, some downtime, and and uh, was looking forward to doing it. Was a big fan. It just worked out perfectly. Some things happened for a reason. Wait, was it was it difficult to usually the boxer wrestler? The idea is whether it's like the Thunderlips and Rocky, right? Hulk Hogan and Sylvester Stallone, or it's Ali and Gorilla Monsoon. Whatever you you want the wrestler to be huge and to dwarf the little boxer. Was it difficult to figure out how to match Tyson? considering the guy is a power forward? Yeah, it's a funny thing, because when he stands up straight, he's taller than Braun Strowman. <laughs> uh, but then again, like you said, Braun Strowman is just a, a house of a man. Uh, you could see that Thunderlips moment where uh, Tyson gets thrown into the third row from the ring in, uh, in at Crown Jewel. But um, the truth is, I mean, he is he's built for this as a showman. But he also brings something to the table that it's not the little tiny boxer against, it's not Floyd against the big show. This is a guy that matches up to Braun Strowman. And I don't even know if you're aware, he just threw a jab at you twice and you didn't see either I, I one of them. It. He's got fast hands. I, I wouldn't want to be Braun Tyson, Strowman. Tyson, you, like, you just got cut in your last fight. You have a monster fight with Deontay Wilder on the horizon. Are you concerned at all as a novice in this for your health? Like, you know, how do you get in and out of this without getting hurt? I'm not concerned because anything I want to do, I can do it. That's my mentality. Yes, I can. And on the night, you're not going to be able to tell who's the boxer and who's the wrestler. That's how confident I am with this type of match. And he has reason Sorry. to be. I've seen You him couldn't even ring. break a pen. What are you talking about? I, <laughs> I know. That, that was, was a top pen. No, that was a WWE pen. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a question. How do you plan on beating Braun Strowman? That's what we haven't asked yet. How do I plan on doing Braun Strowman? Well, you're going to have to watch on the 31st of uh, October. You won't reveal out. strategy? Can't reveal strategy. It's because a massive We've secret. seen you box from the outside. Last fight, you moved on the inside. Listen, I'm learning me wrestling. You're going to be shocked. Just say okay. that. Okay. I, I can back that up. You're going to be shocked. Oh, man, I fucking will. <laughs> I love how even like the guy called him out. You couldn't even break a pen. I'm glad they called him on that pen shit. Oh, shit. First of all, Tyson, I'll be able to tell who the fucking wrestler is and who the boxer is. Because I'll be able to tell the one who actually does this shit. It can throw a work punch, brah. It's like, it's like so ridiculous with like Stephen A and that guy. Like, I just, I don't know. They like it's so shady. Like, like Brock. they don't give a shit. It's kind of funny. <laughs> Brock got off. Wait, what? No, I was just listening when he said they don't give a shit. Yeah, they don't. It's, it's, like, it's kind, kind of funny. It's like, hey, we're, we're the biggest fans. You know, I'm a huge WWE fan myself. You're fucking but, not. You know? Tell me what happened Dude. at WrestleMania last year, Tyson. He's a fan of money. But there, there was, they, they did actually report that he tried to have a deal with WWE years ago and things just didn't uh, coincide. But it's like he did apparently show interest many years before this to his defense. You know, at least this is according to reports and Triple H and people like that. God, Brock got the Brock got the easier one because at least he got the more relevant athlete. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, because there's history there too, so that kind of works out well. It's just that yeah. uh, Velasquez looks a little doughy, you know. Yeah, he, he he well, he's not in the best. He's not in the same shape he was when he beat Brock years ago. So. No. I mean, I'm, you know, he's I have no room to talk, but no, like, but he, you know, a fucking MMA fighter. He's in, he's in Memorial Day barbecue shape. <laughs> you know what I mean? like, barbecue shape. Like there if you, you if you put like a a white T-shirt on him and a hot dog in his hand, he's ready for yeah. any barbecue. Doesn't he look yeah, like that guy? 
<laughs> he looks like somebody's older cousin. You know, he's just that guy. That's cool. That's at the barbecue. You know, you could see him yeah, in sandals and shit. You know, you know what I'm saying. You already saw him in sandals because that's what oh, he looks like. Looks like dude. that guy holding yeah. a hot dog with sandals. He looks he look like he just have a case in each hand. Yeah, pretty much. You know, he's that guy that brought the uh, he brought the case of Coors Light. <laughs> he to, brought the tequila you know? shots. He brought the lemons and the steak. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Cage here. Yeah. Oh man. He lo- he looks like if you put shades on his spatula in his hand, he would fit in perfectly. <laughs> yeah, but apparently, uh, oh. Undertaker's not gonna be there for Crown Jewel, and uh, people in Saudi Arabia were angry. And basically, there was a wrestling club, which uh, I guess brought up some hashtag that uh, translates to "We want Undertaker in Riyadh." Is that how you say it? Riyadh? Yeah, yeah. I got it correct. Nobody knows for sure. You guys are just like, yeah. So, but uh, yeah, yeah, they put this, they put this hashtag <laughs> up of this Riyadh place, and um, I guess they're pissed because they had some sort of a parade or some shit. There was footage of the Undertaker in this huge parade in Riyadh. I guess they were celebrating him being there. I don't know what Riyadh season is or how that works, but uh, they basically um had some sort of parade where they showed Undertaker in a video. We have it here, so I don't know why the hell I'm trying to explain shit that I don't tonight. understand. Is that what this was? This I thing? Think, yeah, yeah, that was, was same ridiculous. Thing. Like, I'm sorry, but granted, I know other countries have, like, parades and, I mean, of course we do too. Oh, but, look like, at that, a big it, Undertaker. It's just like, I don't know. Yeah, a big Undertaker parade. Who does that? It looks better than I thought, though. The fact that it, like, dignified statues of him when I read it. I was like, that's what's happened to Arena. I was visualizing him, like, floating in the air like fucking Garfield, like the way they have him in Macy's. Just, like, <laughs> just this big Undertaker, just, whoa. <laughs> you know? I was just like, really? An Undertaker at a parade? Like, that's strange. He's floating through the air looking like a Funko Pop. <laughs> yeah, like, I've left just the stand-up statues, and that's how I saw it, because when they said, like, an Undertaker at a parade, you know, it looked at, like, the flying Pikachus and shit that they have, you know? Oh, my God. Like, I was just thinking that kind of takes away the mystique of the Undertaker when you have him floating above you. <laughs> it's just a bunch of Undertaker floats. It looks like that movie, We're Back, a Dinosaur Story. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have to sing along with it. Fuck, I wish I remember how the song went. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> 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 oh, here comes the Saudi heat, the Saudi heat, the Saudi heat. Can't name the episode that. Nope. <laughs> yeah, but Vince McMahon and Undertaker were at Saudi Arabia. I don't know why he didn't just make the trip back when they wouldn't have been angered. But uh, yeah, I guess they took a picture out there. Like they're out there currently. Like, do they go out there, I guess, ahead of time? For some reason, and Undertaker was just out there visiting. That's kind of weird, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what the hell that's all about. Imagine if they would have had, like, Becky Lynch instead. The big float floating around. Well, technically, I'm the man. (laughs) We're allowed to have the man here, right? Yeah. Don't don't go against (laughs) your own. Don't be hypocrites. This is the man. You know what that means? We got you a man. Yeah, you want it, man? Well, this is the man. Doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, they probably don't even know she exists out there unless they download the shit off the internet. You know, they actually, they do get, 
versions of Raw and SmackDown that just have the girls edited out, right? I'm not surprised. So, so in other words, they got tonight. So this is Vince and Taker and, and uh, this is them in Saudi Arabia together. This is a recent picture that they took. Look at that. The, the chick's out there. Huh, huh? She looks like Jasmine from Aladdin and shit. Yo, I thought she was going to name off some random porn, so I instantly jumped the gun. I was just like, <laughs> I, I thought it was going to turn into the Sasha Gray, Sasha Blue thing again. Like, a... <laughs> <laughs> I said, you know, I've been on this show so long. So too long. I'm trying to finish the joke in my mind. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're gonna we're gonna enlarge, enlarge this for a minute. Oh no! Listen, that's not even about comedy here. Vince is is really starting to look old. Finally, oh dude, look at him! Like, like you see, like, take a look at Vince. For he looks jacked and small all at the same time. Like he's he's like his age is starting to show, man. Took long enough, Jesus fuck! Man. He still looks good. Don't get me wrong. He looks, yeah, he looks damn, amazing. Man. Like. It's Look crazy. at that one arm with like the super See, vein, like a super saiyan vein. Really. Seeing Vince older makes me feel older. Yeah, but, like I remember, I remember the the Mister McMahon, you know, like the energetic, crazy ass Mister McMahon. Like I've said before, the uh, greatest heel ever. Yep. You know, but yeah, he looks. He definitely looks like uh he's had a very busy life, which I'm sure he wouldn't want to have any other way. I'm sure most other people wouldn't be there. He'd be dead. To have done literally the hours that he does and everything is fucking crazy. I just feel like Vince's body just adapted to it so well. Like it's just, it's the point where there's nothing to him now. Like, yeah, good for him though, man. Good for him. That is a fulfilled life right there. Oh hell yeah, this is a one of a kind life. Yeah, and you can expect the October twenty fifth version of Friday Night SmackDown to have a whole bunch of star power there because they're trying to really push the whole Saudi Arabian agenda. So they're going to have Cain Velasquez in this version, Brock Lesnar, Hogan, Ric Flair is going to be there. And, uh, yeah, they're basically, I'm sure it's also not an attempt to boost some of those Fox ratings. So you're going to have that. There's even a crazy rumor going around that I'm still taking with extreme grain of salt that, uh, according to ring rules, this was translated to English they said several sources have said that Edge is supposed to be replacing Seth Rollins as the captain of Team Hogan and that that's the person Hogan saying he has an idea who could be the uh, the new replacement. Because for anyone that doesn't know, Seth Rollins was pulled from being the team captain um, because of the fact that he has to fight the Fiend. So since he has his hands full, now Hogan needs a new captain for his team. And the speculation that Edge is going to be coming out of retirement for I guess some Saudi money there and he's gonna be the one that leads Hogan which actually coincides with Hogan's only ever been tag team champions with Edge yeah they were a tag team together and uh you know it just adds something different it definitely gives a justified reason for Hogan to pick Edge yeah Edge recently denied he was medically cleared but he was in Pittsburgh on WWE business before he said that so there's a possibility maybe I mean I would still be surprised because of the severity of his uh, neck injury but this is at least what's being said yeah I mean like I said we did see him hit a spear for the first time in a long time so yeah that that could have been a sign yeah, it's definitely possible. And uh, Ali donated his last paycheck from going to Saudi Arabia uh, to charity. The entire thing. So um, he said his earnings went to his earnings from the October 31st event will also be donated to Charity Water. 
at Charity Ward or so whatever that is. Ali donates that whole paycheck to that. Hey, good man. So what are you guys' thoughts on this Saudi event this time around? The planning, the stardom, 15 million men, this guy. What's your overall thoughts on just the entire thing? Uh, I mean, as usual, not watching it live. I mean, early in the afternoon, wrestling, come on, doing too much. But so I, I, you still see people out there calling it a house show, calling it, oh, it's the blood money show. They're going to keep going back there as long as this deal's going on. There's nothing you can do about it. The only thing you can do is, if you're going to watch the show, hope for a decent show. <laughs> do you take any uh, hostility in them doing this? No. It's business at the end of the day. It's money. Money makes the world go round. Yeah. If it's you're going to pass up that much money over that much time, I'm sorry, but you're insane. So I don't I don't look at the moral part of it because, like I said, the people of Saudi Arabia are not their government. They're people like us and their kids and their friends and family should be able to enjoy raw. And I get that we should people want to use the shit rolls downhill mentality where we deprive them of entertainment and then they're outraged and they blame their government, making them hate their government. But at the end of the day, if their government doesn't give a shit, then we're only hurting them. So when people try to say to just boycott that show and to hurt them and that they shouldn't get it. I just think it's not fair because they don't really have anything to do with it. And like I've said on here many times before, that's like if, uh, let's just say, and I know it's an alternate universe here, but let's just say WWE was in a, another country, like it was in Saudi or just some other foreign country that we had bad politics with and they blamed Donald Trump. They thought Donald Trump was an asshole. So because of that, whenever we got to have WWE here, people would protest and say that we shouldn't get WWE out in the United States because uh because Donald Trump's a dick and his politics sucks. So why the fuck are they, they getting it and they're not gonna watch it. That would be that would that would be bullshit. You know what I mean? So it's exactly. like not fair to flip that. And just say, oh, well, you know, the people of Saudi Arabia shouldn't be able to get this entertainment. They're entitled to this entertainment and they're, they're people. And I, and, and I get that there's politics and stuff like that involved, but I also agree with what you're saying about money's money. People make way too big of a deal of this and they think that they're making a stance when they, when they, when they're vocal. If you don't want to watch it, it's your prerogative. And I, I say don't watch it. Quietly don't watch it. Don't, when people are vocal and they tweet and they're, you know, they just, they, they go on forums and they post, well, I'm not watching it, little memes about it. You're nothing more than a pretentious fuck. Why don't you, on top of not watching it, shut the fuck up about it? You know, I don't care right. if you don't watch. I don't need you to take a stance every time you're not going to fucking watch something. There's tons of shit that I don't watch. And I don't come on here listing it. Let me name all the things that I didn't watch this week and my reasons why. Who the fuck do you think you are? <laughs> you know? Me. You know, here's my fucking list of reasons. You're not gonna watch it, don't watch it. But don't be, don't, don't, don't try to push that shit on other people if they're gonna enjoy the event. That's my whole issue. I don't care if you don't watch it. I care that you, you're vocal about not watching because now it just looks like you're trying to get attention for not watching something and making some sort of a big fuss about a thing. Don't do that. You know what I mean? Wait, wait. And then if you aren't watching, in my personal opinion, even though you're entitled not to watch it, you're an idiot for not watching it because your reasons have a flawed logic to them. Like you're gonna miss your favorite wrestler. Because of the location he's in, like realistically, like you, you, you can sit there and think you're making a stand. You're not making so much as a draw, as a 
doesn't ripple in the ocean of water. Like Exactly. And that's my issue with the entire thing. People don't think about other things. Like there are plates in our bowls. Some of our tables, our furniture, they're probably made in sweatshops. They're probably not under the best, the best health, health code regulations and stuff. Some of our food, our, our meats, our fruits, some of them are done under, under bad conditions and things. And people don't just go, well, because they came from foreign countries or whatever. Um, I'm not going to eat this. So I'm not going to use this plate or this bowl or this mug or drive this car or use this, this, this fucking phone that was important. You know what I mean? It's just strange that it's like there are different governments with different philosophies and different countries that we also don't agree with, but we'll do business with them. But WWE, on the other hand, has to be limited to not be able to go to Saudi Arabia. I think it's a little bit silly. So the stances that people take is 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 a uh, one half. Now, the flip side of this, what bothers me, though, however, about them doing this isn't them going there and getting that that Saudi money and bringing it back here and making their company more prosperous. What bothers me is 15 million of it going to some dude who's just in like a match that's not actually a wrestler. Like there should be money to go around for everybody now if you're doing the Saudi Arabia thing. There should be like big money for everybody who goes out there. You should be making all of your superstars extremely happy. And although I know they get good payouts, they're not getting 15 million. And quite frankly, no one should. But I know that a lot of these guys that are out there that came back, like Shawn Michaels and Goldberg and Brock Lesnar, all the, all these, and even Undertaker, these people that are going out there and they're doing this is because they're getting these big ass payouts, which it's understandable because you probably can't get them without big ass payouts, but you could spread that wealth a little bit to some of your other workhorse guys that you have like did you really have to give this tyson guy 15 mil you know what i mean exactly for what's probably going to be a shit job of a match that he's going to do you know and triple h is like oh we're going to be very surprised i'd have to be really fucking surprised he'd have to outdo ronda because you gave him 15 mil like i'm expecting all kinds of cool things to happen at 15 mil at 15 mil i want to see his gallic gun you know, <laughs> like at 15 mil, you know what I mean? Like I, he, I, I, he's going to have to do, that's a lot of money for one person to, to, to be in one match. And he's know? never going to have another one again. Yeah. I imagine not. He might have never have another anything and you probably never see his ass again. That's it. He's gone. <laughs> he's he's, he's going to go back to not trending in boxing. Like, he, went, he went to Tyson Island. What's that? That island he bought with the 15 mil that he now lives on. The fuck away from everything. People who get a lot of money after all, and the 15 mil might not even be a lot in larger scale. But anyone who gets a lot of money usually goes away. Last Conor McGregor. When's the last time you seen him? He made boxing money and he was out. And, they, and, then, and now he's running around in bars not being able to knock out old men. Like. You know, that was it. That's the way that it basically works. You know, so. Um, that is I your. just feel like Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, go ahead. I said I, I said I just feel like um, what's to say like Saudi's there, right? But do you, I mean, with the things are going on in the world, do you think um they'd ever go to like North Korea? Uh, I don't know. I mean, at this point, <laughs> no, that's true. Uh, I don't know. I think I think um. I mean, if they're not afraid to go there, who's to say they don't go there, you know? I think they'll go wherever they possibly can at this point, as long as they're not going to be killed. Yeah. And even if there's a chance they might be killed, if there's armed soldiers to escort them and to give them all drills on what bunkers to jump into when the bombings happen, I think they'll go there, too. They've gone there before. They've gone to places where they're like, we had to wear this gear. 
just in case there was an attack. For a wrestling show. They did that before they were crazy. Now they're fucking high-level crazy. Now they're batshit crazy of an evil Wolferman Hart type fucking corporation. So I think that they would have the fucking matches in a bunker if the price was high enough. There'd be bombs and shit going out. It would literally be the American dream with bombs bursting in air while they're wrestling. (laughs) For the right price, I think that these people would do it because it's not like the people making that choice are the ones going. That's the office that sends you out there. Yeah. You know, it's not you. It's the office. Yeah, you got to go out there. Donate my my uh, donate my share to charity, whether I make it back or not. And that was dark, right? Yeah, that took a turn. Jeez, I didn't know how to react to that. <laughs> <laughs> I like I I tried to think of something. I I drew a blank. Like, well, this motherfucker said, "Would they go to North Korea?" And I'm the one who's going dark. <laughs> <laughs> That's what brought the whole you thing. Never on. know, man. I wasn't trying to come up with a bit for him though. Like. <laughs> But yeah, it's just like, especially because we, we've said before that to their first year, what they locked in this deal for, what, 10 years? So it's like, they're, they have to keep going back. At this point, your boycotting does nothing but just make you something funny to laugh about on Twitter. Yeah. Like, sorry, I'm loving The Fiend right now. I'm not passing up watching a Fiend match because you have a make-believe issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, like I said, my, my overall morals on the entire thing has very little to do with, uh, the principles of them not entertaining, like, a certain demographic, which I think that's fucking terrible that we have people that are like that. Yeah. You know, like, the kids that are out there probably don't even know anything more about the government than they're tortured into learning. Wow. Assuming assuming they are. Hold on, I wasn't trying to, You were, first and foremost, drafted to Raw... And then on your first match, the autoplay on YouTube misfired that before we were ready. Stop interrupting, lady. You're here trying to handle business. Yeah, right. Like, what is going on here? Like, I hate the fact that things can just autoplay whenever the hell they want. It's like you don't even control your own browsers and shit nowadays anymore. Things just come to life when you scroll past them. Shit is popping out. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's a Black (laughs) Mirror episode about this kind of shit, right? Oh, God. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, if there isn't, there will be. Or I just haven't seen it yet. It's one or the other. But yeah, they also, I mean, where was the other place they went? They went to Australia and they got a big payout there. And it wasn't like there was no moral dilemma. I don't, I know it wasn't nearly as good as the, uh, the Saudi money, but they, they yeah, went. Super Showdown there. wasn't as big. Super Showdown. That's what it was called. Yeah, that thing, you know. And uh, I think at this point, even with the Fox deal, doesn't the Saudi Arabia still give them more money than anything? I think, yeah, yeah, that's that's their biggest payout of any place they go. Yeah, so think about that. They're, they're never going to let that go. And the funny thing is, like, for people to, like, say, like, oh, I wouldn't go there if I was working. Like, so you would pass up, like, buku money? No. <laughs> you no, are out of your work. mind. That is life-changing money over there. Yeah. And like I said, I just wish that it went to more uh, deserving people. No disrespect even to this Tyson guy, but it's like literally some Tyson dudes coming out of nowhere. Oh, and, that's only on your way. <laughs> and making like millions in the WWE, like on a single match with, with really not even that good of a buildup, like that dry, shitty buildup they did from him jumping the barricade now leads to this match that we're supposed to think is worthy of that much. You know? Cause like even when, with Kane, at least Kane, we've seen, We've seen that he actually wants to do this. 
This isn't just like a, oh, let me promote my match that nobody even fucking knows is happening. Like, Kane actually wanted to do this. Right. You know, if I were them, I would go ahead and just give give some bread to the, the production staff, to the to the referees, to the cameramen. Like, right. It's not, just, it's not just the wrestlers that are going over there. Even the seamstress, like, give, like, Give that to the people backstage. Like they're going over there just as much as the talent is, you know. And I'm sure they do, but I'm saying if you if you're giving one dude that's an outsider 15 mil, then let's sweeten the deal even more. Right. Yeah. You know, which I'm sure they're not. You know, let's freaking sweeten the deal because that is a lot of money to go to a guy who who I, most people, like I said, I couldn't even it, it, Twitter wouldn't even autocomplete because nobody knows who the fuck he is because boxing's you know dead. I mean? Like Twitter wouldn't even autocomplete. I didn't know the guy's name when I was trying to do the hashtags to to, to promote the show, and I was hashtag Tyson. I'm like hashtag T Y S, and I'm waiting for it, and it, and it never took it. Damn, you know. And then he got the F U R Y period colon slash slash nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't ask me why he colon slash slash. I don't know. <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, let me see. Is there any other? Uh, Big news here. There's a, there's a few news stories here. Uh, Kenny Omega wound up facing Phoenix at AAA Heroes in Mortales. And this was a couple of days ago. And, uh, he won the AAA Mega Championship. Yep. So he's claimed another world championship to his list, to his list. Yeah. The guy's on fire, man. Exactly. That's that was a, a big really deal. Good bet. Yeah, it's funny that he's still allowed to to wrestle other places and do things like that, you know? Yeah. I mean, it does definitely seem they're a lot more lenient with them, where it's like, hey, this is your home, but I mean, if you want to visit some of the other kids, go on ahead, but... Yeah, I guess it makes sense. You know, If you get a chance, watch that match, because it just seemed like uh, Kenny was just like, I mean, the whole crowd, like, took him in. Like, I was like, whoa. Yeah, from what I'm hearing, we got, like, best bout machine Kenny again. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Because uh, I'm glad that they have that crossover. Because I believe that it was was Velasquez who was also in AAA, right? Yeah, he wrestled in that six-man. Yeah, and apparently WWE is also allowing him to wrestle for AAA. So it's kind of like like they're going to tell him no. <laughs> yeah, so you got two guys who are both wrestling. Tip, you know what? Different companies. You just made the list. Oh no! Oh, here we go. <laughs> Patrick Pryor, thank you for the follow. Welcome, sir. But yeah, Omega hasn't has, has uh really been putting in his best stuff. We're about to talk about the weeklies in just a couple of minutes because man, uh, even the dark matches in AEW hold some serious weight. Oh. <laughs> But before we even get into that, this is um this is a post interview that Omega did uh after winning that mega championship. Kenny, you have done it in front of the Mexican crowd and what is some of the recruits? First of all, a jewel of a man. You came and did practically an impossible thing. You beat Phoenix Rutherford's home, one of the classic battles in the mega championship history. How do you feel? AEW now has not only a top super for Kenny Omega, but you did it. You became the mega champion here. This is the image. I've always been a man. I'm trying to make history everywhere I go. 
I never said it would be easy. Does it look like it was easy? And it's, it's still one of the best. I'm just kidding. You are a great champion. I will be better. From here on in, that title, the Mega Championship, it's not the only Mega Championship. You might see it back in Mexico, but you will, I promise you, you will see it in AEW. And for Mr. Tony Khan, Tony Rose, the Young Bucks, you guys are doing a fantastic job Wednesday nights on TNT. For all your fans to watch you guys this Wednesday night, one, one, a final hello uh, to all the fans to watch it in Wednesday. All you fans watching, Man, that's one obnoxious as hell announcer. Uh, God, wasn't that one? Is, wasn't that that one guy who used to always get like? If, if one of the Spanish announcers ever took a bump in WWE, I think it was him. Was that him? I think that was the same guy. Cause I remember, I think, I think it was Austin hit him with a chair by accident once. Like, <laughs> and I'll never forget it because I was like, wow, even the refs take one to the head. Like, oh, boy. And uh, Omega's not the only one who's being given some freedom because Pac has a special contract because he's going to be in the British J-Cup at Revolution Pro Wrestling. So, uh this is going to be in the York Hall in London, England on November 24th. It's going to have Robbie Eagles, Amazing Red, Barbaroff, El Fantasmo, Carvanario, Michael Oku, Rocky Romero, Senza Volto, and Pac. Hmm, I thought Red retired. He also, Jericho's allowed to compete in other places, Moxley also. So there's a lot of flexibility here, you know? Yeah. I like it to do that, like with certain people that are like, Give them a little bit of freedom to work with, but like that's going to be like their mainstay is in uh, AEW. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to me too. It like you know, with that, it can lead to working relationships with other promotions. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. the only people who are keeping that possibility closed seems to be uh, WWE right now, currently. Yeah. Yeah. How's that working out for them? Yeah, we'll see in the long run, but right now, not good. You know, the current status is uh, is really bad. But they might need that. They might need this kick in the ass. That's what saved them last time when we were in a bad era with them. Yeah. And Shane, you sent me earlier that video. I don't know where this is from. I'm actually queuing it up now. Where Seth Rollins was, uh, he threw some shade at AEW in this video here. This is like a Comic-Con or something, some sort of a convention. Yeah. Yeah, let me just load this up here. So everybody could get a look. Things are sl- loading slow. I think the equipment's starting to get angry. They're like, when are you going to wrap this up? <laughs> <laughs> the equipment's got that wrap it up box. Yeah. Like, How much more of this shit is going to happen? I'm like, I'm sorry. We got a lot of news. You know, it's a, it's a boom period. Remember, Jared promised. Right. You know, you can do it. We're in the wrestling boom. We out here. Did you say Jeff Jarrett? Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't yeah. want to laugh because I didn't know if I heard him. Right. I just tried to slip that one under the radar. Oh. All right, so here, here's the thing here. Instead, where do you think would be the most? How can I put it? Larry, what would be the most significant match for you to finally define who is the best between you and him at WrestleMania? 
in the main event. Well, it sounds like you set the match up yourself right now. <laughs> well, so look, when, when Kenny's done playing in the minor leagues over there, he can, <laughs> Kenny can come and, and work at the absolute top professional wrestling company in the world in front of the most people and make the most money and have the biggest matches, which is with me at WrestleMania. Thank you. So that's his message to Kenny. Are they going to stop that match too there, sir? Just curious, yeah, bro. I've never seen any cage match get stopped. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah, Rollins has been getting heat lately, huh? Yeah, like, stop trying to be the company guy. Like, I'm going to need you to stop. I'm going to need you to reel it back in, Scooter. Like, okay, yeah. they already pissed him off at the Hall of Fame and look at how it's turned out for him. Don't be the one to get them fucked up. <laughs> yeah, he's been a bit of a shit talker. Like, I'm sorry. After Hell in a Cell, you lose the right to talk shit, man. Exactly. Well, it wasn't like it was he. He was the Booker, you know. I'm sure he just yeah. made whatever the hell they are. He's surprised he's good. He he has a bad habit of defending some of that dumb shit they do. Like there's certain stuff where I would I would just keep quiet. Like <laughs> I remember he right. threw that nasty remark at Sasha Banks after she imitated his tweet, and then later on he deleted his Twitter account, and then he came back afterwards. And it seems like the fans are starting to really turn on the guy as well. Yeah. So. They're that's, getting annoyed with not him. Good. You know, he's somehow managing to re to inherit that role from Roman Reigns, you know. <laughs> Which <laughs> is weird. Out of, <laughs> out of Seth three, Reigns. Out of the three shield guys, the only one that, that's like over is uh Moxley. You know, <laughs> the two more likely dudes, both at one time or another, were hated. Now Roman's just not recovering and, and Rollins. And it's funny how it's almost like they they want to do a double turn, but they're too scared to do it because the fans are cheering for Bray and they're booing Rollins, you know, and uh, they don't like the way that whole thing happened at the end of Hell in a Cell. It all started there. Yeah. But uh, at a at a signing, they asked Seth Rollins um, if he would ever wear that white outfit he used to wear, you know, the, the white ranger outfit, essentially. I don't know if he realized the camera was on during this, but, but listen to what he says here. What up? Is this gear ever coming back? What's that? Is this gear ever coming back? No, Vince won't let me wear it. Why not? Because uh, he's a weird old man that doesn't understand that people think it's the coolest gear they've ever it's, seen. It's so. one of your best gears. Yeah. He's, he, does, he doesn't get it. It is, it is the, I get that question more than anything else. That's, yeah, well, because that, I mean, it's just huge, man. People love it. I think it's in the... Uh, archive like i gave it to our archivist guy and he puts it up at all the accesses and stuff okay he's a weird old man no somebody, shit. somebody retweet that to vince somebody said to vince quick we might get we might get an actual finish of saudi <laughs> mm-hmm. good old saudi vince here comes saudi here comes saudi <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it, write it down. I'm not even gonna write it down. That. Write it down. Write it down. <laughs> down. We haven't broken anything. We didn't. We didn't Fuck mess it. up any rules or anything with that one. You know. See, here comes the Saudi. Saudi I got put like three eyes on the end of it too. Saudi, 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 La 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 la. I'm so glad you did it because I didn't want to be the one. Oh, what? What? I'm just singing here. Okay, here comes the Sony. Here comes the Sony. Oh. <laughs> 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 
it's, it's there <laughs> for a.m. October 22nd, 2019. I'm going straight to hell. But I that's, don't where, care. that's where hell began. Yeah, you're not going to get uh, so much for you getting your virgins, huh? All uh, I'm saying is they never clarify as they're a woman or a dude, so I'm not trying to risk that shit, all right? That would be. I'm if, just saying. That'd be great if that was the troll. We never said. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not even gonna continue this. <laughs> we never said they were women. <laughs> you should have read the fine print. Write it down. You should have read. You should have read the fine print. Oh my god. There is another one. You know what? And oh wait, and that's even perfect. Can you get the artwork? You get the uh, you get the the taker float. <laughs> and they didn't read the yeah. five friends on that. Oh God! Yeah. See, there you go. Post production. We out here. We got this. Yeah. So Randy Orton took a picture next to this elite level thing. Look at that elite level. You think Randy Orton's elite level? What could that mean, right? That's strange. Elite <laughs> level. Hmm. Trying <coughs> a little difficulty on a video game, perhaps. I don't know. I can't think of anything. <laughs> Nothing really comes to mind. You know. But he uh. Also put TikTok, TikTok, and then he tagged Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder and Luke Harper, Riddick Moss, um, Cody Rhodes, Chris Jericho, and Elias. That's weird. Can you imagine, man? Like, that's a lot of people for Randy Orton to be tagging. Like, wait, let me read that list again. Scott Dawson, Dash Wilder, Luke Harper, Riddick Moss, Cody Rhodes, Jericho, and I am Elias. Wow. Like, imagine, can, like, that is a fucked up tweet that Orton just did right there. I didn't even realize the severity of that level of a tweet. Like, he's blatantly teasing them. It's like he's, he's like, basically wiggling his dick in their faces with a tweet like that. No, he's grabbing and shaking our hands afterwards. He... Holy shit. It was just kind of funny. Like, he tagged Rick Moss. I was like, wait a minute. But if Raul Mendoza's not there to whoop his ass like he did in NXT, what the hell? And Melsa speculated saying maybe his contract is up and he's playing the game, and he should. I mean, he's fixing to get a lot, a lot, a lot of money if his contract is up. What is he, 39 years old? So this is the time to get the last big contract because I don't know. Well, he's probably one of those guys who want to work a minimal schedule, and WWE is giving him a minimal schedule. And, you know, he's not out there killing himself. AEW is a better schedule. I think AEW will grab him in a heartbeat. I guess because his name value and he'll be considered a big coup. But it's not like, I don't know if that's the right move because it's a hard one to turn down. And then Fightful reported that Randy Orton's contract is up next summer. But they previously heard that it was up December because he signed the 10-year contract in December of 2010, which I do remember that. Yeah, it's true. So, uh, yeah, basically his deal's up next summer. Yeah, is Randy Orton all in? Yeah, so we don't know if he's, if it is to be taken seriously or not, you know. Yeah. But you know who is taking it very seriously? WWE, because in tonight's Raw, they had fans remove their AEW shirts. You know, they no. basically they threatened people. According to WrestleZone, um, they told the crowd next to the staging area that anyone wearing AEW merchandise is going to be thrown out of the arena since they're in the camera view. So run those, run those shirts, kids. <laughs> You're writing it Take down. Take your shirt off. Turn that shit inside out. <laughs> you know, this is like the mob now, right? Up, man. Like I said, this is like the mob. Like, it's kind of funny how this deep in, they think hiding shirts is going to accomplish anything. Everybody and their third cousin knows it exists. Okay. Yeah, right. So, uh, let's see what we got here before we go to the weeklies, because we got to go to the weekly soon. 
um, look for any straggling stories because we covered all the big stuff, right? Like I said in the beginning of the show, we're hearing that uh, tool, um, NXT superstars are going to now be featured on 205 Live. If they're if they weigh 205 pounds or less, you're going to start seeing them on 205 Live. So they're not even going to be killing 205 Live. It sounds like they're still trying to hang in there, which I commend them. They keep it doing almost things seems to get like, the show alive. It, it seems like they're having like it's almost like a one big roster just spread out over two shows. Yeah, Leo Rush will be there, Andrew Garza, Drew Gulak, the Lucha House Party, I guess. But Finn Balor would be there too now, because yeah. Finn's, Finn's under 205. Yeah. So, you know, that's pretty good news. Which, um, if some of the teasers are saying right, it looks like Finn will have his first return TV match this week. Yeah. Yo, so what was with that, uh, speaking of Finn, what the hell was with that new tattoo he got? Did you see that? Yeah, we talked about it last week. The one on his hand? No, there's another one. Oh, there's another Wow. What? I'm bringing it up now. There's more. Oh, wait, what the fuck? This one's, I don't know. I want you guys to see it before we judge anything. I'm, I'm, I'm scared. I'm scared it'll take us so long to come up. I know, right? It should be like a face tattoo. Oh, God. <laughs> it's funny how it's taking long to low, so it's becoming more dramatic. All right. What the hell? Hold on. Zoom the fuck it. What? Was he babysitting? <laughs> <laughs> Who's failing two-year-old drew that? What? I don't know what's going on anymore. Finn, that, Finn, that better be a stencil. <laughs> that better be a fucking stencil. Write it down. That better be a stencil. Good There's boy. the artwork. We out here. I don't know what to say, dude. I, <laughs> like, I got nothing. Dude, that's ridiculous. <laughs> you didn't get the list. That's ridiculous. This. Oh. <laughs> oh boy. That's just odd. It's not even a dinosaur, it's a Dernosaur. <laughs> it's a motherfucking Dernosaur. It's a Dontosaur. <laughs> you know, that's what it is. It's a fucking Dontosaur. But good news, according to Russell Votes, Raw is going to allow the WWE Superstars to have Christmas because the December 23rd episode is going to be a pre-tape from December 17 in Iowa. So from the 22nd to the 26th, they'll be off instead of having to wrestle on Christmas like they always do. That's badass, man. Yeah, because I know Beth Hardy had um, Jeff's wife had a problem with that last year that he wasn't home for Christmas. Yeah, but December 27th, they will have SmackDown as usual live on Fox. So, But they get the week. So progress closer to AEW, which a lot of people are starting to realize that the reason why the AEW weeklies are looking so good is because those boys are coming in there fresh. They aren't doing a whole bunch of fucking house shows and shit. You know, yeah. they, they can come yeah. in there and do these wild ass matches once a week instead of having to do these loops that WWE is so freaking committed to because how fucking greedy they are. Which is better to do that way. You want to have everybody fresh and ready to go, boy, because you're going to get the best out of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. Which, uh, you know, very good. Because yeah. uh, definitely the stuff that they're putting on, the quality of the matches, it's even better than NXT. Like, NXT has good matches, but there's something about the work rate of the AEW matches that's even beating them. Like, the pace seems turned down even just a little bit when watching NXT. And that doesn't mean the matches are necessarily bad. But I'm just saying that the the tone and the pacing, the speed of these matches, it's it's incomparable. Like, AEW is having the most fast-paced intense matches on the planet right now you know I, I feel like with aew it's more it's more tight you know there's more uh 
There's more juice, less pulp. You know what I mean? That's hey, like, yeah. yeah. Hey, write it down. Fuck it. More juice, less pulp. Now, what is happening? I remember we used to have one label per episode, and now, uh, Look at us. We have, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So, uh, in other news, Renee Young, apparently, somehow she botched calling a Stone Cold Stunner. What did she do? I, I don't know. I, I don't know either. Did she, did she say, what a maneuver? Like, what? I don't know, but <laughs> apparently some fan attacked her on Twitter, some troll, because she botched a call of a Stone Cold Stunner. And um, she responded using, uh, I guess, one of those backstage shows, WWE backstage on Fox Sports One, and she trolls the guy back. And this is the uh, this is the video of that apparently. Oh, I can't wait. No, no, no. Let him head. Come here. Come on in here, real close. Look, when have I ever in my life called a Stone Cold Stunner? Never. I've never called a Stone Cold match. I've never called a KO match. Yeah. And listen, I already got let go from that uh-huh. job, but I got this job. Yeah. I got all that Fox money, bitch. <laughs> wow you got that fox oh, money holy shit wait play that again that was incredible she snapped back with the quickness write it down oh shit you know you suck at your job when you when you can ruin a stone cold stone no, no, no. let him head come here come on in here real close look what if i in my life, called a Stone Cold Stunner. Never, I've never called a Stone Cold match. I've never called a KO match. Yeah. And listen, I already got let go from that uh-huh. job, but I got this job. Yeah. I got all yeah. that Fox money, bitch. So we, I would like yeah, to officially Fox announce. Money. I would like to officially announce Renee Young has earned her black card. He's like, <laughs> Fox money, baby. <laughs> yep, <laughs> that Fox. Money, baby. Jeez. Holy shit, you get that shot. See, I, it's like they're right, they're doing the post production for us. It's amazing. <laughs> D or uh, Jow's like, yeah, baby, tell him. I'll tell you, anyway, she she got that viciousness ever since he left. Like, cause now yeah. she see he don't give a fuck. Like, oh, that is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's that confidence where you know Fox ain't gonna let you go. <laughs> Money. <laughs> yeah, that's what you do. You don't let it bother you, man. Yeah, exactly. You know, you just say fuck it. You know, like you got the like he, he got that he got that fox money fox that fox money. He probably got that right aid money. Like, there's wow. a difference here. Like, <laughs> shade at right aid. <laughs> <laughs> right in. <laughs> That's who, who she needs to be for Halloween is a Monopoly man. Oh, God. The one who, thanks to the Mandela effect, no longer has a monocle. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, the Halloween episode's next week, you know that, right? Yeah, well, there's a <laughs> foreshadowing of it right there. It's good to get creepy a week before. We're no, running late, right but we, we're running late, but there's a few other things i wanted to show so apparently what happened here was uh there was some kid who went to AEW on his birthday and he showed up dressed as orange cassidy oh i saw oh, this. I guess. yeah this is amazing yeah 
I have not seen this, so I guess I'll be putting it on now. Give me a second to cue this up here. Like, this is the greatest child. Like, I want this child. Like, this is the greatest child in the history of children. Like, this this kid is the coolest kid at his school and his high school that he hasn't even gotten to yet. Like, it is amazing. I will adopt this child. Like, <laughs> Give me a second here. I'm just trying to get the link. I'm going to give it to all you guys in the chat room as well. There you go. This was like, I'm saying, greatest birthday ever. <laughs> all right, here we go. Putting it on now. Oh, I see him. Wow. Right, let's go back a little. I want to take a look at that again. Max. There we go. Let's full screen this shit anyway. Stop it right now. Yeah, I want to see this kid, Cassidy. (laughs) Oh, God. We got a referee. We got a referee. Give me a referee out here, please, and thank you. I got an idea. Give me a referee, somebody, Aubrey, Turner, Bryce. First referee out here gets 50 bucks. $50. I need a referee. You do the, no, no, no. We got to get a ref. Here he comes, right now. All right. All right. It's probably a difficult thing. It may change full gear forever. But. Cody, get up! Don't you cover him! Look at me, you little brat. If you cover him, I swear to God. Go ahead. No! Don't count it! Don't count it! Is that going to count on your win-loss record? <laughs> Talk about putting him on the spot, man. Get him. Get that kid a plane ticket to Baltimore. He's wrestling Chris Jericho. There you go. That was awesome. Good stuff, That's, man. That was really cool. That made that kid's night, man. Dude, that made that kid's life. Are you kidding me? Yeah. That kid's going to be telling his grandkids, you know, remember Dusty's son? I pinned him. In the middle <laughs> of the fucking ring. Didn't break a sweat. <laughs> it's so funny to have uh, such a young kid that's into Orange Cassidy, right? Right. And it's kind of funny because, like, yes, they said like, it's really family-friendly fun. Like, he just fucking, like, took the ball for him and pinned him. But I, I kind of can understand because Orange Cassidy is a unique 
type of wrestler. Like, I've never seen anything like him before. And, like, the kid had it down packed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, all, all he would need to do was do a pocket sin suicide dive, and I'd have been sold. That's so strange. You know, this guy feels like he came out of seemingly nowhere and uh, became over. Exactly. You know. But good for him either way, you know? Yeah. He, he found something that keeps people's attention focused on him the entire time and it's working for him. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, let's wrap up with a brief recap of what's relevant about the Indies because all we really covered here was our impact Bound for Glory results. Um, yeah. We'll just try to run through it quick because I know it's getting late and, uh, you know, I really recommend you guys, if you want to see details, you should watch the product uh, that you want to support. That being said, AEW Dark this week. I don't have the link on me, but when I do, I'll share it in the chat room for you guys. Um, this was a really good episode. This AEW Dark is just as good as AEW Dynamite. It's only dark matches in name alone. Like the matches that you're actually getting are really incredible matches. Um, like- you know- yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say it's just nuts to think like when you see dark like I remember um the first time I saw Cody Rhodes ever wrestle it was a dark match and I think this is dark matches AEW yeah and backstage Omega's with the Bucks and and Tony Schiavone and Omega wants uh to basically have an AEW dark match Kenny Omega versus Johnny Joey Janela in a lights out dark match unsanctioned yeah. um so. We get into the first match, which is Peter Avalon, the librarian, with accompanied by Leva Bates against Kip Sabian and uh, Sonny Kiss. Finish being uh, Kip Sabian goes over Peter Avalon with Deathly Hollows, which is almost, uh, I guess, a torture wreck into a poison sit-out powerbomb. Yeah, know. pretty Fun- much. Funny that a guy's so small. What the hell? Like, that guy's tiny to have that fucking move. It's small. It's a, it's a, like, it's a, it's a good-looking move, but that's a little bit weird. Like, my, like I'm, I know I'm going to sound a little bit old school here, but, you know, when you see a guy that size and he has a move like that, it's just it's just kind of unusual. But yeah. uh, He did uh, hurt his... I think what he jammed, he dislocated his finger in the middle of the match, but kept rolling, though. Yeah, I don't know if that was a work or not. I didn't get a good look at it. I don't know if that was a shoot where they had to repop the finger back in or whatever. But if it was, it was cool either way. Um, Sonny Kiss was the most athletic and entertaining person in this match. Really got to give credit to him. You know, he has like a oh, lot yeah. of really, uh, very good skill. I did like Kip Sabin springboard cannonball Santon over Peter Avalon. Um, lots of innovative offense in the match. The use of the double teams, everything. You definitely want to check this one out. They're on YouTube. I'll put the link up later on. If you don't know, you could find it on our social media. Um, we also had an eight-man tag match, which was the Hybrid 2 and the Dark Order, um, which was Jack Evans and Angelico versus uh, SCU and SEMA, with the finish being low blow by the Hybrid 2 into a cover on Scorpio Sky. Um, one of the interesting things that they had here was they had an interview with, uh, I forget her name, the female ref of AEW. Uh, yeah, Audrey Edwards, I believe her name is. Right, right. And uh, this was interesting because I forget what the segment is called. Um, I think it's um, Undeniable, Undesirable to, to Undeniable, I believe yes. is what it's called. It's yeah, uh, yeah un- Undesirable to Undeniable. Right, and it's basically Cody is interviewing, I guess this is going to be a thing now, where he interviews people to find out how they went from um, Undeniable to, to Desirable. And uh, she just talks about how she worked for WWE for a different time, but they never pursued hiring her. And then Cody just went on to talk about how WWE is a place that doesn't tell you why you aren't desirable and why what it is you're missing or what it is that they want. And, you know, she just talks about the difference in contrast of how now she's here and she uh she has a place and, you know, she's out there in title matches and stuff. It was a really cool thing that yeah. you get to see a little bit of an inside look at the ref because I know she's very popular. Her She and herself yeah. is very over. 
um, with, with most wrestling fans. They just like her look and they just like her attitude in the ring. So it's cool that that was acknowledged and that they did something with that. So, yeah, and she makes history, and she's in the history now as uh, the first ever female referee to ever ref a world title match. So, at this early into her ref ref career, she's locked her place in immortality. Yeah, and that's awesome. Very and, good. And, she, and it's just because she was given the chance. Mm-hmm. Which we don't know why they didn't do it or what was going on over there at the time. Like we don't have the details to that, but nonetheless, I'm glad she found some place where uh, it was comfortable for her. You know, so. uh Finally, we get to this main event, this unsanctioned lights out match. Kenny Omega versus Joey Janela finish being Omega goes over with a one winged angel onto a fucking chair. Like just and the stiff, chair doesn't budge. It doesn't move an inch. It was a legit stiff one winged angel onto it. Just in case that move isn't, isn't shitty enough to have to take, which Jericho said that's the one move he won't take again because it really hurts. And like, look at he hit somebody with a chair. There and, and was right before and right before that, a B trigger into a chair set in the corner. There was so much violence here. Kenny Omega with the Kotaro Crusher on the pile of chairs on Janela. Um, Omega hitting that Terminator dive and his legs wind up hitting the barricade hard as hell. You know, the way he was laying in those Snapdragon suplexes, hitting the OMG one on the outside of the ropes on the apron. That was really rough. I mean, at one point, uh, Janela side, I think he actually sidestepped Omega and Omega went through a table that was propped between the stairs and the ring apron, but it was upside down. So Omega hit the steel first. Mm-hmm. Also, Omega setting the steel stairs up on the outside and he almost hits Janela with the one winged angel, but Janela winds up countering that to like this crazy German off of the steel steps. You know, um, also him hitting Omega with the Death Valley driver onto a ladder. And uh, JR, he chimes in and he's like, man, these guys are going to have bad dreams about ladders. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, to me, one of the craziest things was uh, Omega taking a bump from a chair bridged on the outside, upside down on the metal parts. But also that German that he took from the steel steps where like they had the steel steps set on the outside and it was like a German suplex on the apron. Yeah. This was crazy. Oh, yeah, that was bad. I mean, one of the things that scared the hell out of me was, um, what was it? Yeah, I think at one point, um, Janela frog splashed off the top of a ladder and just straight whiffed it through the, whiffed it through the table. Wow. That is nuts. Like, oh, my God. That match was, and that was a dark match. <laughs> Yeah, that is fucking crazy. But, um, yeah, this is, these are the dark matches of AEW, you know? So when you really look at that, like, that's really impressive. And that brings us to AEW Dynamite, which, uh, the show opens with SCU getting ambushed by the Lucha Bros. And, uh, Daniels winds up taking, like, uh, a nasty pile driver on the ramp. This goes back to earlier. We talked about how he's injured. This must be their way of writing him out of the storyline. Yeah, Uh he he basically took, uh, Pentagon's. I still stick with the Lucha Underground name. They call it the three up, three down, that package pile driver onto the ramp and, Gotcha. They, yeah, they 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 kick the shit out of them. Like, and this is it's gonna kind of relate more um, later on as well. I'm noticing this thing that I'm loving that AEW does is it, where it seems like nobody's ever feuding with just one person. Yeah, like there's there's a lot of people who are feuding and who are in multiple feuds at the same time. Mm-hmm. Which which keeps things compelling, you know? Yeah, because you yeah. never know who they're gonna run into this week. If they're going to run into somebody else next week, it's, it's, there's a lot to it. Yeah. So Scorpio Sky and Cass go up against the best friends with the finish SCU going over. Uh, 
decent match. You know, no complaints yeah. to any thoughts on that match. Uh, I love the fact that uh, when, because I think they uh, they taken off one of Scorpio's shoes earlier in the match. I love that when <laughs> Scorpio hit a tope with the top rope, he gets in the ring, throws your shoe, and I guess a fan caught it and threw it back to him. Yeah, yeah. They like that's his. <laughs> and were they chanting, "That's his shoe"? They were like, "That's his shoe." Yeah. That's his shoe. So it's like that's fucking crazy. And, man. and the ref threw it out of the ring, and Scorpio looks like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> I love how JR was giving the ref shoe shit. Was giving the ref shit too. It's like, but it's your shoe, ref. <laughs> yeah, this match was crazy though. Yeah. So LAX versus John Silver and Alex Reynolds with the finish being LAX goes over with the street sweeper, which what was that like a powerbomb blockbuster combo? Sort yeah, of, it's, it's their signature out uh, the powerbomb blockbuster. Okay, that's what it looked like to me. And uh, yeah, this was the first worthless match in this company because those guys really just jobbed out. It wasn't much of a match here. Afterwards, Jericho tells LAX that they're, you know, they, he basically gives them like a promo. I don't understand what, what, what the hell he was, he was talking about on the Tron. They're like, those are his guys, right? Like, was yeah. he psyching them up or? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, this is, this just so, this felt like just like a minor coming out party for LAX in this match, but I guess just a display, the kind of violence that they're going to, like a little taste of the violence they're going to have with them in AEW, but. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely gonna get the, the AEW fans are gonna get to see what they're truly capable of soon for sure. Though, yeah, I really like whoever does the backstage production as far as scenes in AEW because um things are done really well. As an example, the next scene is Brandy. Uh, she's sort of pepper potting. Uh, she's sort of pepper potting. <laughs> Cody where she's she's like being his secretary she's telling him his schedule for the week and uh you know just all the appointments that he has and everything but his mind's so focused on the upcoming match that it all basically becomes background noise to him and uh, this leads into like a mini Cody documentary where they just talk about his climb to where he is and everything that he's gone through and it's funny because for a long time I feel like WWE has lost the soul of these kind of video packages where they no longer feel compelling this one felt very much like a compelling well done storyline where they were building up Cody Rhodes. So I like that a lot. Yeah, and, it has like a real, you feel what the, you feel exactly the type of energy they're trying to put off in this. Yeah, so very well done. So we have Britt Baker versus Riho, with the finish being Riho counters Lockjaw into a pin. Yeah, as long as I've noticed when finish was like that, like the yes lock, the cross race, it's a pretty simple counter. You just have to look for the right opening for it. Yeah, but as far as Riho goes, I know people like her. Some people are starting to sour on her. The reality is, as good as she is, she's too fucking small. You know, stealing a line from Charlie Haas to uh, Lindell eat a fucking cheeseburger, you know, <laughs> and um, <laughs> holy you know? shit! And it just must be hard because certain things just looked awkward. It must be hard for Baker to chain wrestle without worrying about accidentally shoving her up her own ass, you know, because she's just so yeah. small. You know, and that doesn't take that doesn't really take anything away from Riho. She has that nasty single leg Boston crab. You know, um, I like the fact that as soon as Britt manages to get to the rope from that, she double stomps her back from the top rope. You know, yeah. there's just a lot of good Jeez. sequences with her. But I just think she could be a little heavier, you know, just for the appearance, for the sake of the appearance of this shit. Yeah, she's small, but she's vicious for her size, though. So can you guys hear me? Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. I think it timed out or did something. Sorry about that. No worries, man. You're good. Okay. I do. Yeah. First time you out here, you doing it. But no, <laughs> yeah, she she could be a little bit bigger though. Mm-hmm. So uh, then we had the Jurassic Express. Uh, 
which is basically Mark. This is and, like, and, this. Sorry, this is like one of my favorite matches on the card. Oh, oh, yeah. it, it was yeah. uh, Marco Stunt and Jungle Boy the reason being like we talked about earlier on Injury Road uh, unfortunately Luchasaurus was supposed to be in this for the tournament but he, he didn't get to be so that's been Marco Stunt and I gotta say a lot of the majority of fans entered this very skeptical about what was gonna happen because you have the Lucha Brothers and then you have like you know like Shane put it you have the sidekick of a sidekick you know so you got these two <laughs> guys here you know and surprisingly um, it was a good match. They because they were smart about the way they executed it, right? Yeah, like um, I mean, the the, the start <laughs> the start made me laugh so much because uh, Pentagon's trademark has been throwing out the Cero Miedo taunt, and he shoves him so hard into those ropes, so so Marco pushes him back and then starts flossing. <laughs> I fucking died. Yeah. I just love how when we, we first grabs the mic, Marco goes, hey, scoot your ma- <laughs> And don't get me wrong, th- those guys still got fucked up, spoiler alert. Oh, yeah. But um, they, they put on a better fight than I thought they were, because when they were coming out there, I thought I was watching an execution. I was like, man, they're marching these guys to their doom. This is like the beginning of Skyrim. You know? like. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, they managed to hold their own, you know. Yeah, which, uh, I mean, Marco stunned the dude's only five two, but man, can that dude entertain people? Yeah, no, he, uh, you know, yeah, I get it. You know, look at his chest, though. By the way, just wanted you guys. Go oh yeah, chest. he. You see that shit? That's what we call a souvenir, boys and girls. That's what the Lucha Brothers do to you. It's on social media. Everything that I'm putting on the actual live broadcast. If you want to go to mixer.com to watch it, mixer.com/slash/talkbrunch or we just put the links of all the videos we talk about on social media. So, yeah, Ooh, holy it's Jesus Christ, there, boy. he looks so miserable. <laughs> yeah, don't don't wrestle those guys. Is the best advice that anybody can give you. Don't fuck with them. Right. Have you, you not know? learned they, they they try to kill people? They're like the Sub Zero yeah. and Scorpion of wrestling. Exactly. You know? They come <laughs> yeah. on, don't mess with those guys. You know. Yeah, but of course they uh finished it off by. Poor Marco Stunt took a a super three, a spike three up, three down. <laughs> that spike package pile driver for the win. And then Lucha Brothers move on. And they're going up against a uh, private party in the next round. Yeah, well, we couldn't have these dudes I move cannot up. wait. Mm-hmm. Good. Oh, I said, I'm sorry. I said I cannot wait for that match. That's yeah. going to be nuts. Yeah, they couldn't have these dudes move up without Luchasaurus. So the writing was going nah. on the wall here. I will. I will say I was very curious to see how how Pentagon and Phoenix would have handled Luchasaurus because I don't know that I've ever seen Pentagon in the ring with somebody like him. But then again, there's nobody else really like Luchasaurus. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, they did a very interesting job as far as that goes. And uh, what was the next match after this? We had, uh, I believe, it was Pac and Moxley against Hangman Page and Omega. Yep. Yes. Yeah, which this match was all basically controversial, specifically to set up the Moxley um Pac feud, because a few interesting things happen in this match that sort of lead to that. One of the bigger ones being that Moxley gets like a barbed wire bat and then Pac grabs it from him because he doesn't want to get DQ'd, and in the process of doing so, he actually cuts himself on the fucking barbed wire because he, I don't know what kind of a lunatic grabs barbed wire and snatches it by the barbed wire. But if you go back and look, I noticed <laughs> immediately that yeah. Pac fucked his hand up, you know, which is yeah, what kind of lunatic Pac. <laughs> yeah. You know, don't yeah. Goldberg yourself out there, you know, like it's, you know, be more, more freaking cautious. 
Yeah, but of course, uh, this this wild. Yeah, this match was all over the place. You could kind of feel a tension between those two from the get go, though. Like Pac and oh, pa- Pac and Moxley were literally just tolerating each other until that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which this was the first time Omega and Hangman had teamed together in a long time. Yeah, and it looked really good. Yeah, yeah. it was like getting back on a bike for those two. Ridiculous hashtag. They had hashtag Mox and Pac versus Page and Omega as a hashtag, taking up probably the whole entire upper right quadrant of the screen. <laughs> you know. I saw that too. I was like, I was like okay. this big hash hashtag. Yeah, but Pac slicing his hand, snatching the barbed wire, Moxley loses and he hits him with the paradigm shift and essentially abandons him in the match, which, like I said, that leads to their feud. Was that, was this the main event? I don't even remember. Um, no, the main event. Oh. Was Jericho's match, right? Jericho yeah, it, it was Jericho and Darby in that Philly Street fight. Right, right. Which, uh, yeah, yeah, that was another brutal match. What were your thoughts on this main event? I, I like, this is exactly what I was going to. I like that not only did they continue everything with Moxley and Omega leading up to full gear, but now there's this side thing going on where now Moxley has to deal with uh, Hangman. And we also remember Moxley and Jericho have unfinished business. So yeah. it's like there's these branching feuds where it's like everybody's dealing with a million things at once. So it's almost impossible for it to get stale because if one thing gets a little – if Omega and Moxley for some reason start to slow it down a little bit, switch it back over to Pac. That rolls around. You roll that into Jericho. There's so many different ways you can do it, and it's covering all your bases. And even knowing that there was no way in hell Darby Allen was going to win the AEW World Championship, they managed to keep what was going to happen interesting, not knowing what direction this was going to go in, you know? Yeah. And the kind of funny thing is, uh, I guess we're moving on to that net, um, that match next. Oh, uh, which? Uh, the main event, uh, Cody and Darby, where we were, st- or were you still going with uh, Moxley and, and um, the tag no, match right No, now. go ahead. Go into it. Okay. So, yeah, basically we had, uh, we had um, Chris Jericho, Defending the AEW championship over uh, Darby Allen. And yeah, Jericho Jericho tapped out Darby. Kind of mm-hmm. didn't expect that. I mean, I would have expected. What do you think was going to happen? I just, I haven't seen him get a submission in so long. So, like, I'm not yeah. used to it. <laughs> oh, you mean the specific means of victory, but you knew Jericho was going over no matter what. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That I, that, I, I saw coming a mile away. But yeah. What I really like about the way they did this match. This felt, I, I, I don't know if anybody else felt the same way. This didn't feel as much about the world championship as it felt of now you're seeing Darby Allen is going to be a contender in AEW because that kid yeah. fought his ass off, even to the point where when Jericho taped his hands behind him, Darby was still fighting with the limbs he had left. Yeah. And he did some crazy spots like that, too. Right, like Darby Allen. That's a future yeah. world champion. I- I'm calling it. Darby Allen will be AEW world champion somewhere down that, the road. That moonsault alone was like the handcuffs. Like, that's like some shit you see Jackie hell. Chan do. <laughs> yeah, like Rumble in the Bronx type shit. Like I was yeah. like, whoa. And yeah. like when, when you look at it, look at the things Darby Allen's gotten since AEW. The fate they have in that kid. He's been in some of AEW's biggest matches, and they're not even three months old yet. Mm-hmm. And he put on one hell of a show here. It's incredible the quality of matches they're giving on Dark and on Dynamite. Like, they're really just mini pay-per-views in themselves. Like, AEW might as well just have two legit shows, not even like a Dark match in the show. 
this is the best show on television as far as wrestling shows go right now, hands down. Like it's not, there's no oh, yeah. second, there's not even second place is so far from it, which would be, uh, you know, I guess NXT, NXT second place yeah. here. And then that, and then after that, everything else we're tolerating, to be honest. Exactly. Like everything else is just, we're going a- NXT more, and AEW are the only wrestling you're fully, like full blown enjoying yeah, right the now. Wednesday night wars are the real thing, you know? Yeah. So that's I, the only place you can be. Mm-hmm. And then after the match, they put this on Twitter here. This is, uh, I guess, Jericho and everyone celebrating with a little bit of the bubbly. the stable you know and yeah this and, is and jericho's fozzy music is way better than the y2j shit you know yeah judas is a really good song yeah and i'm actually excited to see what the hell's gonna happen next you know right we're not like oh god we gotta do this again next week like this was a cool ending everything that happened was cool I'm so happy there's wrestling to enjoy again and this is another thing, like Jericho dealing with Darby Allen, knowing he has Cody down the line. Yeah, so good. Oh, absolutely amazing. It is. It's a breath of fresh air, man. Every is Wednesday. It, is it still just a marathon, WWE? Because I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, y- y- y'all got lapped three times in a row. I don't know what y'all doing. Like, this yeah. is like Usain Bolt versus like. Uh, um, like Lieutenant Dan at this point. Oh shit! Before and, the magic legs. And yeah. Acqu- and according to PW Insider, they said that the founder of Chikara, Mike Quackenbush, was backstage at AEW. Um, which, if you remember, he was at the Performance Center as a guest coach recently, and he worked very closely with Alexa Bliss. Um, they said that Austin Gunn, David Starr, um, JT Dunn, Mike Verna, um. NX, former NXT Bull James um, were backstage. Mikey Whipwreck, remember him from ECW? He was backstage. Oh, yeah. Teddy Hart was at the tapings with two cats for whatever reason. Nick Ma- <laughs> Nick Mondo. Um, so, I mean, there were a lot of people backstage wow. there. Some could have been visiting. Some could have been working with them. But they also had some backstage stuff there. So that's just a, a little there's side a few note. names in there where if they get them, that's a big deal. Like Teddy Hart, that's a huge deal if they can get a hold of Teddy him. Hart, my God. Yeah, yes. and, that's uh, if he shows up, though. Yeah, he shows up, then it's a matter if he shows up sober. Oh God! <laughs> you know, so you know, it's like this is you have to double down on the chances with that guy. <laughs> yeah, yikes! But uh, Jack Hager, aka Swagger, apparently has an agreement, according to Wrestling Newsletter, where he will not wrestle for AEW until his next Bellator fight against Anthony Garrett is over. Yeah, which I believe you know. that's the 25th, right? Yeah. So he's in the stable, but I mean, I guess he won't have an official wrestling match, which is fine yeah. because a lot of people were unaware. But when after WrestleMania 14, when Shawn Michaels left and then following Raw, 
Triple H brings out X-Pac and they hug and shit in the ring and he starts everything over. Um, X-Pac was in a similar thing where I forget what the contract thing was or he might have been injured or something, but he had a certain amount of time. I remember he couldn't wrestle and he was just kind of there. X-Pac-ing it up, you know? That's the reason. Yeah, and, 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 and he mainly <laughs> made that, pro- that promise to Bellator so he doesn't get hurt for some reason. Yeah. So, yeah, that's your AEW news. And uh, that brings us to the NXT of the Wednesday Night Wars, which uh, they did a very good job as well. They started off with Tommaso Ciampa versus uh, Garza, right? Good old Humberto yep. An- Angel Garza. Yeah, Humberto with, uh, B. Yeah, yeah, with the finish being Ciampa going over with, uh, what the hell is that thing called? That hanging DDT uh, that he does? Basically, it's actually kind of cool. Um, He named it after his daughter. It's called Willow's Bell. That's what it is. Okay. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. And I did like the fact that he took Garza's pants, which were like, I guess, his flag, and he beat the fuck out of the pants. Like he stopped that shit in the was corner. Amazing. Stuff. <laughs> you know, that was great. Yo, I lost it when he started bumping them with the pants. Yeah. And then afterwards, the Undisputed Era come out, and uh, basically, Kyle O'Reilly tosses the commentary team a USB drive. What a funny world we live in where in a wrestling angle, there's a USB drive that comes into play. But the USB right. drive has a video of, of them when they play this thing on the truck, and I guess they're showing that backstage they've already beaten up Velveteen Dream, which is how they're writing him out of the storylines based on his injury. So that's the end of Velveteen there. Then we have Oni Larkin and Danny Burt versus Imperium, which is Fabian Eichner and Marcel Berthel, or Bartel, I don't know the fuck you pronounce it. Finish being yeah, Imperium. Exactly. Imperium basically kills these guys at the end with the corkscrew elbow style doomsday device. I guess they call it the European bomb. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, definitely very good. The crowd was into it. They have one, two chance for Larkin and Burt. It's interesting that those guys got over on their wrestling ability alone. That's a testament to the kind of fans that they're um, pandering to, essentially. So, I thought that was solid. Um, Only Larkin gets over just by throwing his body and everything and moving. Io Shirai had her match against Caden Carter. Um, I don't even remember what the hell the finish to this match was. Um, it was, it was actually, yeah, she lays in, um, that nasty German into the moonsault for the finish. And, uh, I have to say, Shirai's ninjutsu levels of athletic and agile in these kind of matches. You know, and Caden looks good, but just Shirai really shines. Uh, oh, after, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah, she's something else. But after the match, Shirai is in the process of calling out Shayna when Ray Ripley interrupts her and comes out. And then Ray warns Shirai not to ever say her name. And, uh, Shirai does the smart move and gets the fuck out of there. Yeah, because Bianca Belair is already about to get a receipt for that this coming week. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, Rhea Ripley put that whole division on notice because, like, everybody's back down from her. Mm -hmm. And anybody who hasn't has gotten knocked out. Yeah. So the next match was Keith Lee versus Dominic Jacol, the Djokovic. (laughs) <laughs> it's close that time. I was hoping you would say Jehovah Witness again, but yeah. <laughs> um, the finish yeah, was one, not going to work here anymore. Yeah. The finish was when both of them are on the top turnbuckle. Basically, Roderick comes on. He hits, he hits them with, uh, with the North American title. He winds up hitting, uh, freaking Keith Lee. I mean, he just basically gets the match thrown out and then Regal predictably makes it a triple threat match. So, you know, I don't know why he would even do that. Um, I do like Keith Lee's the way he's working. Uh, I like the style of him splashing the arms. That looks really rough when he just specifically targets an arm and splashes it. You know, hitting the spirit bomb, but Dominic rolling to uh, safety. Um, 
I did like Dominic um, having Lee in the electric chair, and then uh, Lee reverses that into a poison Rana, like a dude that size, hitting a dude that size with that The spot. stuff they have done to each other in these matches, I think at one point in one of the last matches, I think it was like a springboard destroyer or something like that. The stuff these two do to that do to each other is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was something else. And what I'm liking, because this is uh, the third time they fought each other, each match they've done at least one thing different than they didn't do in the last. So they're keeping everybody invested, not just on the fact that you're two dudes, 300 pounds and move like they're 100. But that they're innovative as well, you know? Exactly. Really cool. Like they they have yet to get that crowd even a little bit cooled down. Mm-hmm. So Matt Riddle, who the hell is that that he wrestled? wrestled some big dude. The hell is that? Bronson about? Reed from Bronson. the breakout tournament. Gotcha. Which, uh, despite whatever he broke out from, he got broken in because Riddle just basically throws him around like a little man the entire time. Mm-hmm. I got to give Riddle credit as much as I don't like his attitude, man. He can really lay on an ass whipping here. Oh, yeah. That dude could fight. like. <laughs> yeah. What are your thoughts on this match? I mean, yeah. It was because I think this was uh, Riddle's first match back since um the feud with Killian Dane. So, hey, good showing by him as always. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Uh, Tegan Knox has a match against Tanara Conti with the finish being Tegan goes over with the Shining Wizard. And, uh, afterwards, Rhonda's horsewomen, Shayna and Jessamyn Duke and Maria Shafina come out and they basically shit all over Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai who's out there celebrating with her. I guess they're going to do some sort of a feud style thing with them. And, uh, then we had Boa against Killian Dane with, uh, Killian Dane hitting three Vader bombs on Boa. Oh, Noah. <laughs> stupid. Yeah, you know, gotta add some sort of seasoning to this shit, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's only Boa. I mean, on the way up the ramp, name, at least they put a name to him this week. So. On the this is my favorite part, though. This was better than the match. On the way up the ramp, Killian Dane crosses Pete Dunn and he points a finger at him, and then Dunn just grabs him and gives him the finger snap and keeps going. Oh, that was great! It's like it was like the two of them cross paths, and he's like, "Take that!" and then they keep going. Yeah, because in the main event, we had uh, Damian Priest versus Pete Dunne. And in a shocker, after hitting a uh, um, a low blow when the ref couldn't see it, Damian Priest goes over Pete Dunne with a reckoning. Mm -hmm. Which I could kind of see it because if anybody knows from Pete Dunne's history, he's always struggled against bigger superstars. Yeah. And uh, the match itself was solid between these two guys. You know, yeah, Damian yeah. Priest looks really good uh, as well. And I think his gimmick actually works better here than it did anywhere. I actually never liked the Punishment Martinez name. So I think uh, Damian Priest, that, that fits him better for what they're going for, you know. Oh, yeah. They beat the shit out of each other in this match. Yeah. Pete Dunn's looking great out back there as always. Forth. Yeah, it was back and forth all match long. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I guess that's it for NXT. Anything else? Any last thoughts? Uh, I mean, they're still doing well. Still doing good as always. I mean, unfortunately, WWE decided they wanted to sacrifice them to win the night war, but eh. Yeah. All right, what well, I bring this I to the... Hope, no, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Go I just ahead. hope um, NXT... I mean, because, I mean, we were there in those years where, like, you know, it was all just... I mean, it started from being, like, a competition where everything was really just bland and just you could tell WWE had its hands all over it to like now and even like you know when we started seeing people like Paige and Bo Dallas and people like that to now where it's gotten 
I just hope it's not a, it's not a casualty in this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, I don't want to see NXT go away because it's badass. But yeah, I think it'll be okay. We'll have to see what happens though. But uh, this brings us to low rating night SmackDown, with uh, <laughs> they open with an IC title match Nakamura against Roman Reigns, with Sami Zayn at commentary, and uh. Basically, to finish this is when Romans is about to hit the spear. Corbin comes and gets the match thrown out when he hits him with his scepter. And then Daniel Bryan does a run-in. And uh, he winds up taking out the heels. And then uh, basically Zayn winds up grabbing Bryan. So Nakamura hits him with a Kinshasa. So heels go over here. The New Day's backstage and, they, and then they're singing and... Uh, Biggie, one of the funniest things because, like, I don't know, it was just, I don't know, he goes, I don't want no children, like, at the end of the song. Oh my God. <laughs> He's just so Yo, random and funny. Nuts. You know, and then, um, heavy machinery show up, and, uh, Otis is making these pancakes, right? But the pancakes are like 10% batter and like 90% protein, and he's just pouring all this protein into the bowl. He's like, yeah. Yeah, and he just and then you, he doesn't even make them into pancakes. Then after this, in the thing, he just drinks the fucking thing, man. <laughs> I get, fucking get, love Otis. Oh, oh god. my god, that is I that fucking is love Otis. I swear to God, he's like he's like the Chris Farley of yeah. Wrestling. That's what he reminds me of. Yeah. So next match is Curtis Axel against Shorty Gable. With the winner being Gable, he winds up dodging Bull Dallas on the outside, and then he reverses the perfect plex into an ankle lock for the tap out. And uh, then he finally gets the name bestowed upon him that WWE originally copyrighted. He then proclaims to be Shorty G. We knew this was coming, so it's just here. Hogan brings it via. Go ahead. I said, and as I said, and that's when. Crickets came. That was crickets. Mm-hmm. And then Hogan brings it via laggy Skype, which is kind of funny how we can run a show almost flawlessly for four hours using the exact same Skype from here. Nothing too fancy. Almost zero problems. And every time they get someone to come on Skype for two or three minutes, something about it falls apart. We're running videos at the same time we're doing audio and all this other shit is going on. They just have Hogan on camera, just on webcam. And it's like they can't stop that from being laggy. And then at the end, he goes, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> like that, you're never going to forgive them for that. <laughs> I'll never will. The I'll Stone never Cold will. Because it's like they piped that shit in. <laughs> That's just how bad the connection was. I don't understand what they're doing to their Skype. We're on it this whole time, FYI. You know? <laughs> they probably updated that shit in years. Unbelievable. Take the fucking yeah. update. Jesus Christ. I probably, probably not since uh, Tout. Oh, shit. Yeah, remember that? Tout <laughs> fell apart. They don't even acknowledge yeah, Tout. I love how this company, whenever something they push for doesn't work out, they just abandon that shit like a bastard child. They don't never mention Tout again. Do they? When's the last time they told you to go on Tout? <laughs> like oh, a bad habit. Remember that time did a whole episode of Raw from Tout? Yeah, no, Tout <laughs> is gone. Rip Tout. You know? Oh, shit. So, uh, yeah, Hogan comes out on Skype, <laughs> and then, uh, he basically said he has a big announcement for the end of the show, and, uh, I don't know, man. Who gives a fuck? You know, New Day and Heavy Machinery have to go up against Dolph Ziggler and uh, Bobby Roode and The Revival. So this is a big clusterfuck match with uh, basically New Day and Heavy Machinery going over. 
Um, Otis winds up lifting Dawson up and, uh, tagging Big E, who winds up taking Dawson off of him. And, uh, he tags in Wood, who hits him with the midnight hour for the win. So, um, yeah, good on everybody there. It's going to be interesting to see how they move forward with our Woods. Yep. And then up next, Ms. TV, Ms. TV with her guest, Pam. Yeah, Angry Bailey, who can't do a promo to save her fucking life. Uh, <laughs> that heel turn did not come with promo skills. They have to do oh something about gosh. her. She's horrific on the mic. Like, it's awful. Oh, it's like, go man. away. Yeah. I don't know. I don't even remember what she said. It all sounded like so crappy. Sasha had more of a presence there just being her buddy than she had who actually had the mic in her hand. You know, Miz did better at just shitting on her persona than she did at having the persona. <laughs> you know, he basically said that he didn't have to change his, uh, he didn't have to go and slash a whole bunch of Bailey buddies in order to get over. He like just shit all over her thing, you know? You know, she's like, so, she's so snap back, but you never had ass like this before. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he said he didn't have to do all of that. He didn't have to have a he didn't have to have a questionable haircut and slash a bunch of Bailey buddies to get people's attention. <laughs> because when I, because when he when he talks, people listen. It almost feels like like you put her out there with the Miz. As much as people try to criticize the Miz, you threw her out there with the Miz. You know what the Miz will do? Like he fucking verbally will destroy you out there. And that's what he did. Even though she was like the heel and it was out there to make an impression, he made more of an impression out of her. He's will have you know, on the end it all. Like before. <laughs> he literally, I don't know if they were deliberately doing that because maybe they're just frustrated with the fact that she just can't do a fucking promo. But he literally just took all of the things that they did in order to turn her, and he just shit it all over everything. I was like, you can't. Like, <laughs> you think that you're a different person just because you have that stupid haircut and you slashed a whole bunch of wacky inflatable buddies? Get out of here! Oh shit, that shit was amazing. Oh god! All I remember is like in the middle of that, like a whole bunch of women came out, and then it just turned into a thing, and. Yeah. And uh, basically she said that uh, then she used the Vince McMahon line, ironically, which is funny because we've heard many people backstage when Vince did this say in hindsight it wasn't the best promo and it wasn't bad taste. But remember back during the corporation days, there was a promo. Vince is in a wheelchair. He's surrounded by boss man, Shamrock, all of his corporate minions. As a matter of fact, this was beyond corporation. I believe this was uh McMahon Helmsley faction with Triple H, Stefan, all those guys. And at the end of the promo, he ends with life sucks. And then you die. And oh, Bailey, ironically, God. this just goes to show it's just kind of like she's just doomed for failure on the mic. Of all things to pick up from a past promo, you pick up something that was actually notably consciously acknowledged as just a poor taste, shitty finish to a promo and you use it. Come on, Pam. Get it together. Get it together, Pam. <laughs> Jesus. Should I write that one down too? Where's your manager? No. <laughs> Man, what is going on with, with this girl? But uh, Nikki Cross winds up coming out, and uh, we have a match, which is Nikki Cross um, against Lacey Evans, against Dana Brooke, against Sonya Deville, and Mandy Rose, and Carmella. And this is all to decide who's going to be the number one contender for Bailey's title, with uh, basically Nikki Cross going over. She hits a neck breaker on Mandy Rose and covers her. So now we know Nikki Cross is going to be the one to face her. And we have yep. Braun Strowman against Drew Gulak, which this is essentially Drew Gulak's SmackDown debut. And he's about to show Braun a PowerPoint presentation of the reasons why he's not going to be able to beat that Tyson guy. And uh, Braun interrupts that by kicking his ass. Y'all were doing so well, and then y'all went back to the fucking PowerPoints. Yeah. Well, 
So not a very good SmackDown debut. Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns go up against Nakamura and Corbin. It's a tag uh, team match player. You know, and uh, basically the finish to this is Roman winds up hitting the Superman punch on Corbin and then he spears him through the barricade and the crowd's going nuts for this. I just want to note they're really into SmackDown at this point. And then um, Brian winds up hitting some yes kicks um, before um, he hits the running knee. Um, basically, there was a really cool sequence at the end of this. It was actually my favorite sequence of the match where um, he they counter each other. Like Nakamura goes to hit the Kinshasa and then Danny Bryan counters that and hits the running knee and covers him. So I thought that was really dope. So SmackDown in itself, wrestling as usual, always good. Storylines as usual, always questionable. Not too much change about the structure or the roster. Um, I don't know how do you feel about it. Do you like it? Hate it? Yeah, I mean it was business as usual, but problem is they don't need business as usual. Yeah, I mean I see. Yeah, I was real. Mm-hmm. I, oh no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I wasn't saying anything. Oh, I um I I, I think I'm just real indifferent about it. Like, do I sit here for hours on end, or do I do something else? You know what I mean? So. Well, thankfully, SmackDown's only two hours, and they did have a 205 yeah. Live, you know, which we're not going to get into right now. There's not enough time to cover everything. Yeah. Go watch 205 Live if you guys want. Um, but yeah, it's not a bad show, but I do see why the ratings drop came. I think the draft really hurt them because it made little to no sense, and now they have to redefine both shows again at the worst possible time. But, uh, yeah. you know, they had months to prepare for this, and they literally just looks like they didn't. Oh, yeah, they didn't know. <laughs> Just like we were worried about. We talked for months on here about the Fox move and the pre- preparation. And it just didn't happen. Like, well, look, I'm, act- I'm actually surprised. You know, like there are certain things there, but not really. I think this company is too far gone for them to actually stabilize to something enjoyable off the bat. Like they'll have moments and glimmers of momentary happiness here and there. You know, no different than a fucking inmate in prison that's allowed to go out to the yard every now and then for sunshine. That's what watching WWE has become. You know? Shit. It's the hour and 23-hour lockdown. Every now and then you may little get a little glimmer of something. Maybe there'll be some pound cake in your in your food tray at the fucking mess hall. Maybe maybe you'll... I don't know. It's just that's what it's really becoming. <laughs> that's what it's really becoming. It's, it's, it's back to soggy bread after that. Exactly. All right. Lastly, before we get out of here, we talk about tonight's Monday Night Raw. By now, both coasts, Lord knows it's late enough that both coasts have caught up. We're not spoiling anything. And this Raw opens with Ric Flair... And uh, I swear, man, I love Ric Flair to death, but every Ric Flair appearance looks like it could be his last. Like, he's he's, he's also up there in age. And, uh, you said that shit, I died. I was like, oh, my God. You know, Ric Flair, you know, he he says, we're going to Saudi, which I'm sure they didn't appreciate. They would have probably prepared for him to say <laughs> sure, crown. Saudi. You know, <laughs> say crown jewel, man. You know, I'm sure that's yeah. what they were thinking. They were spinning in circles back in Gorilla when he went, oh, we're going to Saudi. Saudi Arabia. <laughs> You know, and uh, Ric Flair reveals the fifth member of his team, and to our disappointment is Drew McIntyre, who then has a match against Ricochet, with the finish being Drew going over with the Claymore. And then afterward, Drew gives Ricochet a poison Alabama slam into the steel steps, basically planning Ricochet face first over the steel steps. And uh, as far as the match goes, Ricochet took a lot of dangerous bumps on the back of his head and neck, and like that crucifix power bomb into the turnbuckle and various other crazy toss bumps that they did. The Tree of Woe spot where he landed on his head in the corner, all this nut shit. I don't know what they're doing. They're trying to kill the guy or whatever. But it was more about him taking bumps than than doing spots. Uh, yeah. Alistair Black went up against uh, Jason Reynolds. <laughs> Uh, finished being black mass obviously surprisingly they let the jobber get a little bit of 
defense, if you even want to really call it that. It wasn't just a total squash, but really it was. Um, the king interviews Rusev, and the Rusev says that Lashley poisoned Lana's brain, and he'll be crushed. And then uh, Lashley and Lana bring it via satellite from a restaurant, and Rusev says that he's going to deliver a message personally because he knows exactly where they are, and he runs off. And then later on, the owner of the restaurant or the waiter, waiter or whatever, he comes to them, and he tells them that Rusev is on his way, and that they literally, you know, you know, that he's like, you know, he doesn't want any trouble in this restaurant, and for them to leave, he's going to ask them to leave because Rusev's on his way, and they literally have no reason to believe that he isn't on his way, and yet they go, nah, he isn't on his way. And yet when he shows up, Lana's all like, Rusev, oh my God, which uh, was the most absurd thing ever. It's like, yo, you were given a warning. You teased him from Raw. It's happened before on past shows. And then here's the most, you know what? I hate to say segment so much. I wish I had like a, a glass window to put my fist through like Goldberg, because the more I think about how shitty the production was, I'm sure you guys watching at home just took it for granted as another WWE segment. But let me just go into the intricacies of the stupidity here. So to start off, like I said, we got the fact that they know Rusev's coming. The waiter knows Rusev. And they're like, nah, Rusev's not going to come. When they show up, they're shocked. They're blown away by this. So I'm thinking, terrible setup. But here comes the payoff. Here comes the battle or whatever. But you know what? When he shows up, they get into a brawl. But before, they, it's, a, it's more like a mini brawl because the cops or security or whatever that was, they did a better fucking job of immediately breaking up that fight than any WWE officials have ever done in the history of the WWE universe. <laughs> whereas, whereas with the WWE officials, sometimes it takes them up to 20 minutes to break up a fight. We've seen them cut to commercial and go back and they're still with the, holding the guys from the, the different court and then they're fighting up the ramp. Then backstage, they're still jumping into their crowd surfing across to each other and shit. And these fucking <laughs> officials and ex-wrestlers and trainers and shit can't stop them. But in this little restaurant, these officials are there like lightning. Like the moment Rusev comes, it was like metal <laughs> They grabbed him and they immediately <laughs> broke this fucking fight. My mind was blown by it. Here in this restaurant, it was diffused almost immediately. Barely a fucking biscuit was thrown. <laughs> like five like, cops. Like barely two seconds. Listen, what, barely, a, a commercial. barely a blazer was wrinkled. As a matter of fact, <laughs> by the end of this confrontation, everyone could just go back to their meals. This is in the WWE on Monday Night Raw. Everyone could go back to their meals. Everyone, you know, go back to your meals. That Write it down. Go back to your meals. You know, everyone could just... What a waste of a set. If they're going to do something like that, at least have a big fucking brawl breakout. We have to go through the tables. You, you see the people. The, the food flips yeah. over. There's destruction. The waiter's crying. Oh, I told you. But no, literally, the waiter had nothing to worry about. They broke this shit up. It was one of the fastest fights I've ever seen broken up. It was like the kind of brawl you'd see when two guys are fighting over a chick on a soap opera where it just got a little, <laughs> like it got, it got slightly hostile. You know, and he's, you know, he, he, he should have said one of those soap lines, like, I'm not giving up on you and walked out the door yes. dramatically or something. Like it was the most shit for a restaurant segment I've ever seen. <laughs> the fact that nothing got broken. I think, what did Bobby Lashley have, like a little stain on his suit or some shit? He had like a little Maybe smudge. You know, like, like are you kidding me? On him. He got a little a fucking little smudge. smudge, you know, that afterward Lana could take her, like put her finger like, ah, you know, like, like a mom does and just put her finger on her tongue and, and rub it. <laughs> Those lazy fucks did a restaurant segment that had almost no violence after building up to it poorly. Oh, this fucking company, man. It's just amazing. I'm sitting here watching. It's like, I almost can't believe it. It's like, I'm not even desensitized to how stupid they could be with things like that. It's like, 
Like, oh, so man, is, is, is that me. is this that switch that they were you were talking about? They were going to throw when AEW showed up because I'm still yeah, waiting. I guess it's not there. It's almost impossible not to knock shit over, you know. Like yeah. a kid who carried his Xbox and his book back because he was going to sleep over his friend's house after would have knocked more shit over leaving with the book <laughs> back. Then they fucking did brawling in there. It was like a little stain on Lashley's suit. How fucking terrible is that? Wasting everybody's <laughs> time to build that up. The whole, that's supposed to be wrestling's all about the build up and the blow off. Can you believe that the blow off to that shit was that Lashley's suit got a little stained? <laughs> they, they, they built I that can't. shit up. For several segments. This is the reason we're talking about it in one, because everything I'm telling you guys wasn't one segment. They built it up. They had the nerve to have the beginning part with Rusev and Lana, or with Lana and Lashley at the restaurant. The middle where Rusev's like, well, I'm going to go and find out what's going on. And then the officials, the part where he's warning them, well, the the, the waitress or whatever, or the waiter warning them that it's going to happen. And they come back when he gets there. This whole thing was like leading into it. And it was for nothing. It was for fucking nothing. When I tell you I can't wait for them to fight on pay-per-view to see that in the video package. You know, not even a biscuit. <laughs> he didn't even Which, flip a, a a a plate. Like I said, everyone went back to eating. I bet I bet those people at that restaurant in this in this fictitious universe already forgot. Like we're here talking about it. That shit's already an afterthought. So they get squared out. Um, where are my appetizers? Yeah, you know, everybody had a nice night. Nice New Year. Aside from that thing that happened, what was that all about? Oh, I don't know. By the time I looked over there, it was over. There were raw fights that happened in the fucking crowd that take longer than the fights that actually happened in the storylines. Man, would you like dessert? <laughs> <laughs> I'll have what they're having. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. W- what a waste of a spot, too. I hope they didn't pay a lot of money to have that stupid restaurant and not damage anything. Was that the deal? You can't damage anything. What about this suit? You know, can you at least damage your own suit? Jeez. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah, so then Rollins is about to have an interview to explain why he burned down the house of a demon that torments him and stalks him and literally beats the fuck out of him and drags him to hell. But everyone needs answers as to why Rollins, why did he burn down the Firefly Fun's house? Finally, we're going to get some answers into what's going through his head. Like, gee, I can't imagine why this guy who's essentially running from this fucking monster that drags him to hell sometime burnt the place down. It's strange, man. You know, finally we get some goddamn answers because I've been fucking racking my brain with tinfoil theories of thinking why you would burn down the house of a fucking demon that stalks you. Strange. Strange thinking here. Did they even ever interview him? I don't know. I blacked out after that point from lack of logic. <laughs> you know? <laughs> the, the next match was Andrade. <laughs> With it's the race. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I blacked out at that point. I don't even know. You know. So then Andrade oh. Cianalmas has, and has uh, what the oh. hell was his match again? His match was against Sincara. Him and with with yeah. Selena Vega against Sincara. He finishes yeah. the Hammerlock DDT with a with a distraction assist from Selena. Well, actually, not even a distraction. She does her very cool looking hurricane rata to the outside on Sincara. Um, you know, and he, obviously Sin Cara doesn't go over. Nice avalanche, uh, sunset bomb by Sin Cara. Also a good hurricane rata to the outside. Good looking match overall. No complaints there. Viking Raiders versus the Edgeheads. Obviously the Raiders go over here. I don't even know why this match is happening. 
Um, Rey Mysterio comes out talking some shit about Vasquez as usual and Lesnar. I stopped paying attention. I'm sick of the Lesnar Vasquez. This is such a shitty put together story of the explanation for it. Um, they have Heyman who comes out on the Tron and like he always does, he's pumping up Lesnar and stuff. The only interesting segment of this entire thing, ironically, is Shelton Benjamin showing up and confronting Ray. And then he says that he's Lesnar's old roommate and partner, which is true for any of us longtime viewers because for anybody who watched yeah. OVW, which by the way at the time was the predecessor before they moved on to it being NXT, at the time the the the, 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 the why am I starting here the, the developmental talent <laughs> <laughs> you see that's what, that's what that's what raw does to me but yeah Yo, the developmental hold on hold on I thought the audio <laughs> try saying yeah. try saying the developmental try saying the developmental three times the developmental <laughs> talent oh, shit, <laughs> it's right. a tongue tie you see the developmental the developmental talent Yo, at the time in crazy. OVW they had Cena Rico Orton Shelton and Brock and Brock and uh, Shelton were a big team in OVW and they really were roommates so if you've ever seen anyone whose first experience at Brock Lesnar and Shelton Benjamin was when the two of them were together in OVW as a tag team. And if you go back and look at those matches, they had yellow singlets. They looked a lot like um, American Alpha. Yeah. So that's, Brock, that's real history. One of the though. matches I remember seeing, one of the matches I remember seeing, Brock actually hit a five, uh, uh, um, he shot that's the real shooting mania. star not the one that he failed at mania i was say yeah that's why he started <laughs> at mania because he's done the move he just <laughs> fucked up with the distance that move's not meant for distance yeah but yeah so that's actually cool that they acknowledge that because shelton does have that long time connection which i'm sure went over a lot of people's heads and i like that they had that so he bullies ray for a little bit and then velasquez shows up and velasquez throws shelton around and winds up tapping him out not even a match just in like a little bit of a brawl just slightly longer than the restaurant tiffle that they had out there the, the only difference between him and the tyson fury one was that at least Kane's punches actually made contact yeah. and he didn't whiff every last one of them mm-hmm so then Rollins, we finally get the interview where he explains exactly what's going on, but it doesn't really matter because he's getting lots of booze. He's become the new Roman. And then uh he winds up somewhat challenging Humberto because um they have Rollins halfway working as a heel sort of because Humberto brought up the fact that he, unlike Rollins, he's not going to burn it down or something like that, which leads to Rollins versus Humberto with uh Rollins going over here with the stomp. But afterwards, despite me thinking that maybe this was going to be a heel turn here, he shows Humberto some respect. Um, they have some sort of a mutual respect type deal going on here. Um, Rollins does use Ambrose's shitty old turnbuckle thing. You know, when he runs up one turnbuckle and then hits the other one from the other side. I don't know why in the world they would want to give that to anybody, but they gave it to him here. You know, speaking and, uh, of Power Rangers, uh, Humberto looked like, uh, the Gold Ranger out there or the Black Ranger. Like, I was like, this outfit's a little. So yeah. <laughs> He looked like he, he fused with, with, from, from La Parker to Psychosis. Oh, you know, shit. Some crazy, <laughs> some crazy looking shit going on there, you know? That is really weird. Oh, my God. You know? He looked like one of those anime villains that, that becomes more and more corrupt over time because when we first saw him, he was just some regular looking dude just with tights and just regular shoes. Then, like, the next time we saw him, he had a cape. And then after that, he had the shoulder pads with the cave. Then he had the gloves. And, yeah. you know, like, I feel like the next time we see him, he's just going to have, like, this big helmet, you know? <laughs> oh, 
Oh, you know, like God. he's slowly transforming. Like, you know, he's becoming more and more of a Sith Lucha. Sith Lucha. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> oh, I almost choked. I almost was Sith Lucha. <laughs> His outfit just gets more and more elaborate, though. You notice that shit? Like, it started in 205. Oh, but no, Kid did really good. And of course, like I said in the chat room, this is kind of cool for him because this is now the second debut he's made on a show. And two out of three times, he's wrestled the top champion there. His first 205 live match, he almost almost beat Buddy Murphy. And tonight, he had that fantastic match with Seth. Yeah, and he's shown Tyler from the beginning, and clearly they like the stuff that he brings to the table, right? And keep in mind, he only showed up in NXT like a year ago. Yeah. He has not been here very long. Yeah. That that Garza family ain't no joke. Yeah, now they have some real talent. So um, they caught up with him after Raw went off of the air. We got that here, so let's see what the hell's going on. Umberto, congratulations. You were first and foremost drafted to Raw, and then on your first match on Raw, you faced the Universal Champion, Seth Rollins, and well, also, well, it was just your birthday. Happy 24th birthday. Unfortunately, tonight didn't go your way. However, you did get the respect from the champ. What's this moment like for you? I think I'm really blessed. I'm really thankful with all the crowd that supported me, with all the people, with my family, with my wife, everybody, like... It's really amazing. I mean, I don't mind if I lose the match. As you say, I win the respect of the champ and from all the crowd. And I'm representing Raw right now from NXT 205 and now in Raw. That's great. That's great. I'm really blessed and thankful with everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Enjoy it. Dude, God, kid's only 24. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. Yeah, excellent, man. Excellent stuff. So uh, what was after this? Was this was this straight to the main event? The Street Profits against the OC? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. There was nothing else. I mean, somewhere in between here, which I didn't mention it, um, R-Truth was doing some shit with the title. They actually let one of the Singh brothers win the fucking uh, 24-7 title. And then later on, when he went to get it back, there was the wrong Singh brother or something, right? Like he pinned the wrong one and the other one yeah. got away. He ever wind up getting it back? I don't even know. No, he never did. So the Singh brother still has it, and that's the way they it. Was, it was just kind of funny when you pinned him, and they was running, going, bada, 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 bada. Oh, my God. These freaking guys. Well, but, I mean, hey, both of them more over than gender, so. <laughs> you know I'm right. That's yeah. <laughs> sad part. You know I'm right. <laughs> yeah. So the only other thing, really, was uh, the main event here, which was uh, the Street Profits versus uh the oc and the street profits were supposed to have a special guest right they were supposed to have a special third mystery partner they they were advertising this like a six-man tag weren't they yeah and we was going to see who their mystery partner was and it just it never seemed to show up we were just wondering who the hell it was and then i somehow forgot all about it well like when they were in the ring by themselves it was like wait a minute weren't you guys supposed to have like a partner or something that was the whole fucking point of this entire thing you know and uh did, did they forget how a surprise partner works no i mean they clearly did and at the end of it uh kevin owens does run in and i guess he's the third guy which makes no sense then why wasn't he out there sooner he stuns aj on the ramp and then he went up distracting anderson and gallows and dawkins went up hitting the spine buster on on, on anderson um uh, and uh he went up tagging in ford and they finish it with the frog splash so they managed to go home 
um baby faces go over but like i said it was just weird how owens wasn't there until like the very end of the thing when we were waiting to see who their third person was and they kept acknowledging that they didn't have a third person i just don't know why the third person wasn't there for the entire match you know exactly like leave it to wwe to advertise something as a six-man tag and they'd be like you know what nah we're not gonna do that yeah very strange stuff but, um, yeah, that was the entire Raw. And then afterwards, they caught up with Owens when the show went off the air. And we're going to link you guys to it on social media. And here it is here. Kevin Owens, all night, the Street Profits needed a third member to take on the OC. And they claimed that that member of their team hated AJ Styles as much as they did. And it was revealed that you were that third member. How satisfying was it getting your hands on AJ tonight? Well, look, I, I wouldn't call myself the third member of the Street Profits. That's high praise that I don't know if I'm ready for. But here's the thing. I knew they needed backup. And... While they're right, I strongly dislike AJ Styles. They're probably wrong when they say that they dislike him as much as me because you'd be hard-pressed to find somebody who despises AJ Styles the way I do. And now I'm back on Raw, and that's bad news for AJ Styles. But here's the thing. You know why I waited this long to go out there tonight? Because I wanted to make sure the Street Profits needed me. Because tonight wasn't about AJ Styles or the OC or Kevin Owens. It was about the Street Profits having their first match on Monday Night Raw. But AJ Styles made sure they needed me by sticking his nose in their business. So you know what? AJ's going to stick their nose in their business. His nose in their business, I should say. I'll gladly try to break his nose. That's the way. And speaking of Street Profits. It's not a mystery anymore. Who is the Street Profits special man who has their back? Special man? I'm special? Oh, come on now. That's that's an understatement. I'm sorry. Special is an understatement. My mom's the only one who said it was special. Spectacular. Yes. You got some good stuff to say about me, too? Spectacular. Kevin Owens. He already said spectacular. I got to find another one. Oh, oh. Tom's Infinity. Oh, my God. Wow. That's a lot. You know what, boys? Uh, Look, I just said it. Tonight wasn't about me. It was about your first night on Raw. First in-ring night on Raw. Main eventing Raw, in fact. Tonight wasn't the Kevin Owens show. It was the Street Profits show. Dawkins, I was there. You were there on my first day at the Performance Center. Yeah. Yeah. He cut the ribbon. Yeah, I was there on your first day at the Performance Center. And now here we are. Yeah, and now here we are on Monday Night Raw. You guys just main evented. I'm thrilled for you guys. I uh, I really I need you to know I respect you guys a lot. I really do. In fact, I like you guys so much I might not even turn on you. <gasps> what? We're the first people. We're- <laughs> I know. Let's not get ahead of ourselves, but it's looking good, boys. <laughs> okay. Anyway, seriously. Right. Congratulations. Right Congratulations. 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 The mic's all yours, boys. I'm going to go get well, some to eat. That is awesome. That's a show right there. Oh, yeah. A show. We were main event on the Monday Night Raw live show. And we were just on the Kevin Owens show. It's like a show within a show. It's like Inception. Hold on, hold on. I think you might want to introduce the people to the Monday Night Smoke Show. You got to go check on the smoke now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah! <laughs> okay. Yeah, that was actually int- entertaining, though. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. those were funny. Yeah. Which I mean, um, my other thing, of course, uh, the Street Profits said goodbye to NXT. I didn't realize it that Angelo Dawkins had been in NXT for seven years. I remember when he yeah. was on there. I remember yeah. back and now, before I was even on network watching him on there. Yeah, and now Wesley Blake of the Forgotten Sons now holds the record of being. One of the longest NXT tenures of the active roster down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy stuff. What a crazy era we're in, guys. It's insane. All right. All right. I think we're ready to wrap up here, right? Is that it? Yes. Yep. That's all she wrote. All right. Fantastic. Don't forget this week, right after AEW Dynamite on Wednesdays, we're in the chat room 
and uh we'll be doing we'll be opening the party game zone for uh an encore presentation of Jackbox Party Pack 6. This is it in a, on its official time slot. We did a special of it this past Thursday that you could find the Facebook watch and YouTube versions of, but we're going to have the official launch of it at its proper time slot this Wednesday. Tomorrow night, possibly, if anything, it's a winged weekday, so that means around 11 p.m. Uh, earliest, we, we might do something. We already have the ending of Gears posted up. Maybe we'll do some sort of a stream or something. We'll see what's happening with that. Yeah, who knows? Mm-hmm. But that being said, thank you to everyone who hung out with us this entire evening. Mark710 and Joe Woko, Cool Ice, Emang, Six Slayer, Stasis Dreams, Willie V2, Musical Life 95, Uzi Snail837832, Stormdax1853, Jay Gizzle24, Homesick Panda87, Orkendi Klein, Coldest Cactus 25, Cloudier Comet, Dead Shove 18, Patrick Pryor, The One, The Only Myth, Cranky USA, Yo Shadow 414, Southside 502, Joey Jojo 6, and Hamtastic F00. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to Talk Brunch Live, episode 347, hosted by yours truly, Rick Dara, a.k.a. Captain Brunch. For Destin and Shane, we are out of here. There goes the Sonny! There goes the Sonny! Shut it down!